Step right up, it's nailed. A Halo Ooh. by Halo journey through the music of Nine Inch Nails. I'm Jessica. I'm Blake. I think I think that's better than when I do it. No. So I think maybe you have to do it from now on. Yours is way better. Nah, you gotta do it from now on. Aww. Hey, little fucking piggies. It's time for another nail bag. Yep. We that's why we're here tonight. Nail bag theme song, I think. You better make one. I was trying out my like Trent Reznor. Stage banter. Mm-hmm. Hey, you fucking piggies, fuck you. Because <laughs> that's what he's like. He abuses the audience. But we like it. We love it, folks, don't we? Can't wait to experience it this summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what are we doing? We've been building up letters in our nail bag since, mm-hmm. uh, let's see, going back to August. Because that's how long it's been since we did one. I'm going to double check the last time we did one. Well, we did one after the Pretty Hate Machine era on August 1st, okay. 2021. Yes. And then we did the Broken and the like 12 Downward Spiral episodes. Mm-hmm. Now it's nail bag again. So it's been a while. It has been it's a last while. Year. And we got some fresh Trentinis. So I think I'm ready for you to yes. open that nail bag. All right. Little sound effects of are we going to go in chronological opening. order? Yes, are you I just think gonna... it's only fair that right. Okay, the, I want to give everyone who wrote in a fair chance to get theirs read, mm-hmm. and I think we can do it without uh, without excluding anyone. And I think it's fair to do it in chronological order received. Does that sound fair? Sounds fair. Also, by the way, I just want to warn everyone: Blake doesn't always forward me these, so some of these questions could come out of left field for me. If there are any questions, so I think this one you. I think I forwarded it to you last summer. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You'll no doubt remember it well. Okay. This one is from Ray. Ray. Okay. I actually thought about this question today because I was like, I wonder if this is going to be included. See, I did. That's the oldest one I got. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it, it refers back to the first nail bag. So Ray said, I'm currently listening to your first episode of the nail bag. The name made me chuckle quite heartily. This is going to be a lot of. A lot of uh, self-congratulations for us. Congratulations and praise from other people, but we'll be reading praise for our own podcast, I guess. That's kind of weird, right? Yeah, I mean, that happens when you read, uh, you yeah, know, letters. I'll try not. I'll try to listeners. be as humble about it as I can. Okay. But people say nice things. Anyway, Ray said, uh, decided to send one in because I am a huge fan of Nine Inch Nails, as you know. It's always a pleasure to meet other diehard fans with a vast knowledge of the band as well. Needless to say, I was beyond pleased that people were finally putting all of our passion into words on such an amazing podcast. Uh, speak, oh, speaking of, Oscar's input is adorable as well. Tell, Oscar, you just got a compliment. Uh, and she said, tell him hi. She oh, said, hi. From Ray. <laughs> Blake, He's right here. I'm petting him. Sorry. Hang on. She's about to compliment my humor. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> Blake, your dry humor makes me laugh out loud. Imagine being married to this man. Uh, I've heard a lot in my life that my humor is dry. Totally. I keep hearing that. Mm -hmm. But I, I never saw it that way. I think my humor is wet, wet, wet. <laughs> <laughs> but that's always what people say. Mm -hmm. uh, and she said, when I have AirPods in, people tend to wonder what's wrong with me. I assume because she's laughing. Jess, you have the perfect voice for doing podcasts. It's soothing. Just putting that out there. Well, that's a oh, nice. Thank you. I noticed she didn't say my voice was soothing and perfect for podcasts, but Jess, your voice is soothing. I think your voice is better than mine. So mm, I don't know about that. Okay. We establish you do the intro better. Okay. Uh, she goes on. I've been a fan of Nine Inch Nails since I graduated high school, which has honestly been one of the most difficult moments of my life. Finding Trent through those hard times was... A minute to breathe for me, if you will. I'm sure you both can agree when I say Trent offers a sense of comfort with his music. He's been in that funk. He knows what's going on, you know. He gets it. Also, I can't stop drawing him. Mm -hmm. yeah. A lot of people a lot on of Instagram people out have there that problem. Are yeah. always drawing him. He's got the most interesting, unconventionally attractive face to study. Do you think it's unconventionally attractive? Not at all. Just conventional, handsome. Mm-hmm. Eh, I, 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 I see that, mm -hmm. that there's a little bit unconventional. I mean, so. people always usually point to like his nose. Yeah. Um, but it's the, I like that nose. Look, I like interesting with features. a nose like that. Who needs a big dick? <laughs> I don't know. That sounds like Tori. <laughs> I might've made that up. I think you made that up. Before I thirst too hard, she recognized what she was doing. Trent's pretty, pretty face is a great seg into my next question for y'all. And I think this is a question no one has asked. What is your all-time favorite photograph of Trent? And who do you really think captures Trent the best in photos? These are hard. My favorite is in the attached below, shot by Christian Whitkin, all wrapped up in black like a baby vampire bat. What an edgelord. I have a whole folder on my desktop filled with thousands of Trent photos, and I have christened it Trent motherfucking Reznor. <laughs> hey, I need it for my Nin blog on Tumblr. Yes, unfortunately, I am a Tumblr girl. <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing because it always makes my day. Much love, oh, Ray. Thank you, Ray. Um, have you seen the photo? He's. Can you he's, show that to me again? He does look like a vampire Just bat. To refresh my memory. And his black cloak wrapped around him. Oh, yeah, totally. He really does look like a vampire bat. It's a good photo. It's, mm -hmm. it's just kind of like... Trent's head is floating there in this black cloak. You don't get to see his muscles. Well, I mean, I don't know if he had a lot of muscles. That looks like it's downward spiral era. Yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't beefcake no, zaddy quite. yet. Just, yeah, it is a unique one. You don't see him in <laughs> this Dracula. You thing don't see that, that often. You know, shared a lot on Instagram either. You know, so I have. You know, Ray. I also have a folder in my. Um, phone that has at least 200 pictures of Trent Reznor. And those are the just the ones I actually moved into the folder when Yeesh. I was organizing my content. So I'm sure there's all kinds of stuff that I have that's more recent that I haven't uh, moved into this folder. But one of my all-time favorites, um, because I don't know the photographer at all for this. That's I definitely okay. love, since we're in downward spiral era, I'm just going to do it by eras. Yeah. At least the er eras we've covered. So Downward Spiral era, I love the Joseph Coltis photos. I like them more than any of the uh, press fit photos that he did. Um, 
any of the magazine covers I did at the time, especially that Cursed Spin cover from 1997. Mm. I hate that cover. And the Rolling Stone cover, too. Anyway. I don't think the covers are that bad, but there's some weird stuff inside. Ugh, I hate those. They're just bad. Um, So... But I really love the Joseph Coltis photos. Um, you know, he did the photos that we see from Woodstock. Uh, if you see any photos that are Trent, usually with a bright colored background behind him, those are the Coltis photos. I think those are kind of broken era, maybe a little past that, but like this. Okay, she's okay. Those, so leather jacket, brown pants. Mm-hmm. But I think my favorite... Some of my favorite photos are the cultist photos that he took uh, on the set of the March of the Pigs video, the live performance one. Those Um, are classic. Those are great. It's one of my favorite Trent looks. And I also, that definitely has my favorite photo of Robin from that. Oh, which Um, one's that? Well, I've I've talked about it before and I've showed it to you before on an episode. Never mind. Yeah. So I love those. And I have a couple photos here and I don't know who took the pictures, but here's one from a pretty hate machine era that I've always loved. And it's been a background it's where he's hanging off the mm-hmm. uh, pole. It's long dread. Long Trent. treads. Mm-hmm. I, he's wearing just a white t-shirt mm-hmm. and jeans that are cuffed with boots. Got his long dreads and just swinging on the pole. I want to say this was maybe part of the alternative press cover that he did in the pretty hate machine era. Um, I think that was one of the photos I got in trouble for printing on the good paper when I was a kid to hang up in my locker at school. Um, this was also one. This is short dread Trent where he's clinging to the edge okay. of like a. Almost looks like it could be fragile era, but it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's another short hair era. Yeah. And this one. Once again, oh, I don't know the photographer. Kind of a simple. Don't know where his face is in his hands and mm-hmm. he's. he's uh, it's like not, downward spiral era. He's, he's crouched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll post these to Instagram if anyone's interested. But I've always liked that photo too. So anyway, I like photos. I think when people catch him off guard. Mm. Um, sometimes when people pose him, they're just like, "We're gonna make you look like a vampire king." Yeah, like the gargoyle <laughs> sitting on the. Building yeah, one. yeah, and not that that's bad, but it's like been done. <laughs> yeah. So and sometimes he also just seems kind of awkward. I guess it just depends upon the photographer and the way they're yeah. posing him, honestly. Are you pulling up yours? I'm just looking at stuff. Oh. I also like a lot of the behind-the-scenes photos that Rob Sheridan took whenever he was on tour with them and stuff. Yeah. I like... Sometimes I like more recent, you know, more mature old man Trent. He has, you know... He's got good fashion sense. The way he's dressed himself in the last 15 years or so. Um... Anything with fishnet as a fishnet obsessive, right? Mm-hmm. So you probably um, like a lot so of pictures whether... <laughs> that Kevin Westenberg, I think it's Kevin Westenberg took on the set of... Um, sometimes it's fishnet wish. pants, sometimes it's fishnet shirt. <laughs> this one with one long dangly mm-hmm. earring from... That new I'm wave. I'm going to call it pre-purist feeling era. Mm-hmm. Anything where he's playing the saxophone. <laughs> this looks like, I don't know, 2018. Definitely like cold black infinite tour uh just shredding on the sax like the goofy ones online you know uh where he's i think when he's caught off guard he's there's you get a lot of strange results well, that's what a lot of people that. do when you're not posing obviously you're gonna get strange results the weird hotel room photos yeah i just like more Less staged, I guess, but not necessarily caught off guard. Oh, this is one I wanted to. This is my favorite. No, <laughs> it's, it's he's look. He looks like he. 
I don't it's know what from, is I can 90- tell you what that is. That's from Spin. That's 1992. Oh, my God. I know exactly when this is. It was his first Spin cover. That article was very controversial. It was pre-broken. Why was it controversial? He was on the cover, and it was proclaiming him the leader of the Industrial Revolution. Oh. But I, I think that was also the article where he said, like, some shitty things about frontline assembly, and people got really upset about oh. it, and blah, blah, blah. Well, no. But he looks like he works at a Renaissance bookstore in that outfit. <laughs> he looks like this is baby's first club shirt. Maybe. Like, headed out to the club. He's wearing the strangest collared opened button-up shirt uh, with a shirt under. It might be a mesh shirt underneath. Can't tell. And a strange necklace with a ball on the end. Yeah, he used to wear a lot of necklaces. And a haircut that's unfamiliar to me, especially in that era. He's letting his hair grow out. Yeah, but it's, it's halfway between growing out. Anyway, can't spend that long on that one because she's got more. Um, Later, she messaged to say uh, it's more about the photos here. Oh, okay. She needs our opinion. And she attached two screenshots from the the Batman trailer. Um, She said, honestly, I wouldn't have thought Robert Pattinson would be the Bat, but here we are. And from the trailer alone, I think he is going to do a spectacular job. But mm-hmm. that's not important right now. Right now, I need your opinion on whether or not you think he would make a good Trent in a Trent Reznor Nine Inch Nails biopic. Sure, do it. And then she sent pictures of our pats mm-hmm. with a lot of... No, these these aren't the black makeup ones, actually. It's just him with hair that almost... It's like the length of With Teeth era Trent hair. Let's see. <laughs> and some sunglasses. I forwarded this one to you. Yeah, but it's like way down there on my... There's that one. Oh, okay. And him in a suit. You know what? And then I, I think, sure, he could do it. Yeah. It's more about acting ability than looks. I mean, he's got... we saw who they cast in 24-hour party people to play Ian Curtis. That guy was... Did he not look like him? Well, eh, he was kind of weird looking, bit. but he kind of A little like bit. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, um, no, I actually do, do think he would make a great... Resner. Um, I also think he would really embody the role as he is also a Taurus king, mm. um, which I think I did. I do remember replying to Ray about that. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, Robert Pattinson and I have the same birthday. So May 13th. Birthday buddies. Mm-hmm. I want to know if he can sing. Doesn't he sing in Twilight? Isn't that a thing? I, I haven't seen those, Jess. Well, I haven't either. <laughs> I thought he did, okay. though. <laughs> um, if he okay, here's what he needs. He needs to be able to sing, especially if he can sound like Trent. Because just lip sync it. It's what most people. No, do. see, I don't think you get. I don't. I don't like that when they just you know uh, dub the singing voice in with someone. But it would else. be so hard to try to it sing. Sounds, like... It sounds fake. But if you can pull it off, you're going to get an Oscar for that shit. Also, how tall is? Pattinson. He seems tall, but I don't know. He can't be too tall. Okay, hold on. I'll look up his height. I mean, they could always... Although, remember when Kubu Gooding Jr. played OJ at like yeah. five foot five? And OJ's like nine feet tall. That's insane. That, what a weird, weird... But you know what? Choice. I loved that show. It was a good show. He's six foot one. Too, that's, my, that's my exact height. I could be Trent. Sure. Um, too tall. Thank you for to everyone who sent stuff in to the nail bag. Do you think at a certain length of time we have to break this up into two episodes? I guess, yeah, after a certain length If of it's time. like three hours, I think we should do two 90-minute nail bags. Okay. Because there's a lot. All right, go on. Okay. We're, this is going to be a lightning round. 
this this is not going to be a boring episode because we're going to fly through some stuff. Okay. Uh, I'll give shout out to Josh W who sent who sends me a lot of stuff. It's hard to tell which uh, some of them are long stories. It's hard to tell which are good for reading on the air. Oh, this is cool because he included um, a list of pop artists he thought would be very interesting to hear collapse with Trent and Atticus. Mm. I think we talked about that. And this was maybe we talked about this maybe even before the Halsey album dropped. I think this was. uh, Yeah, we probably talked about it. He sent this in August. So a little bit after Halsey was out. And this kind of ties into some of the stuff that we'll talk about later on these, right? Should I, can I just say his, his list? Yeah, sure. And then some of these we might comment on later, but I think his list is interesting. So these are uh, artists that he wishes, like he a dream hear, list of Reznor yeah, collaborations. Dream, dream collabos. Okay. Reznor and Ross. Lord. Mm. Billy Eilish. Yeah. I have thoughts. Excuse, what? No, I just, I mean, she already has a lot of those elements <laughs> that she doesn't really need. Yeah, there. Uh, I have thoughts. Fiona Apple. Uh, that would that'd be cool. I would like that. As long as it stays true to Fiona, that's my only thing. If you've heard her Idler Wheel album, it's already industrial. Joanna Newsom. I'm not a fan. Yeah, I'm not I'm not that into it. Uh Death Grips. This one I, I agree with one thousand percent. And it will tie into something about rap later on. But yes, yes to Death Grips. <laughs> If if they still exist, they, I can't I don't remember think they if they exist anymore, right? Clipping. I don't know what clipping is, but okay. Mike Patton. Yeah, he's got enough collabos. It seems like they already. Have. I mean, I know they haven't, but I feel like Mike Patton's collaborated with everyone. Lori Anderson, not familiar. Mikachu, not familiar. Sounds too much like Pikachu. <laughs> Uh, the Polyphonic Spree. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. That's pretty much defunct, right? Yeah, I thought it was. But yeah. this is, you know, fantasy land. True. Run the Jewels. That's also on my list. I agree 1,000%. Gotta, gotta be. Sleigh Bells. I'd like to hear that. Mm-hmm. I bet you there's already influence there. Of Montreal. That'd be very weird. These are powers. Not familiar. Swans. I know mm. a lot of music nerds uh, in the fandom who would be interested in that collabo. Um, Thundercat. Tom Waits. Okay, weird. Is Tom Waits alive? Yes. Okay. 31 knots. Not familiar. So thank you for that. I think Lord would be cool. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I don't know. Um, oh, more cool hypothetical collabos. Brainiac. Uh, I'm going to talk about them later. We already know that Trent was into them. Mm-hmm. And But yeah, unfortunately that's impossible. But yeah, go on. Michael Pissarro. Don't, not familiar. Anna Meredith, who I actually... Uh, Josh listened to her stuff because of me, because I mentioned uh, her score for that movie, Eighth Grade. Mm-hmm. She did this awesome electronic music for it. That'd be cool. Let me see if there's something else I need to read. Oh, yeah. Hey, look. This is about Broken. So Josh's story of, of getting into Broken. He said, my path to this album... It's a fucking album, he put in parentheses, because remember we have the debate on whether it's a, you know, EP or, it's an EP, but. That was a weird one. Hold on. Uh, he said his path was the same as Jessica's, downward spiral to Pretty Hate Machine, and then finally to the self-contained ball of virulent anger. How do you say that word? Virulent? Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. Virulent? Yeah. Virulent yeah, sorry, sounds weird. I'm not smart enough. 
I think I was probably with a friend and glanced at his CDs and his CD wallet and said, what's this? I think all he said was, oh, it's between Pretty Hate Machine and Downward Spiral. Want to borrow it? <laughs> I did. What and, an intro. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I th- it's probably how I was introduced. And I so identify with Blake's statement of being scared of it. I think you said something like, oh my God, I cannot let my parents find this. That was true for all Nine Inch Nails for me. Um, not just because I'd get in trouble, but also because it might hurt them. I have older parents. My mom was 42 and my dad was 43 when I was born. So they're 80 oh. now and we're approaching 60 then. Also, is it hurting me? Is each time I listen to this like smoking a pack of cigarettes? Am I taking years off my life by listening to it? Am I cooking up a tumor? <laughs> Fuck it. I'm going to do it anyway because I'm not your average 14-year-old. Same. I'm mature enough to handle it. And then he goes on to uh, kind of, this is the problem with doing these so seldom is he's kind of continuing our happiness and slavery conversation. Um, he said, if you want to take it all the way back, you've got Plato's cave allegory. I think on that episode, we talked about what happiness and slavery meant, but that's just the oldest extant text we have of the idea. Now we call it the matrix. That's Blake's aside. It's likely to have existed prior to Plato. This might be something wired into our DNA, or it may not be genetic, but it's certainly mimetic, and we've carried it with us for millennia. The idea of the truth, capital T, being painful and the decision one has to make between facing it or being cradled in complacency. That's the matrix. Yeah. The truth is painful, folks. This is relevant to me, or I identify with this part. I brought my closure VHS to Summerscape my sophomore oh, year. Oh, no. <laughs> Josh and I, we both went to Summerscape. Mm-hmm. This is two years after being officially introduced to them at Summerscape. Uh, by the way, my roommate, my first year of Summerscape was, I'm going to cut this out. Oh, okay. I remember one of the RAs saying something to me about those naughty Nine Inch Nails videos. <laughs> nice. Like he was going to say something to... to <laughs> was the... Uh, administrator or director of Summer's Game and make a deal out of it. But another RA who was a veteran RA there told him to chill and let it be. Uh, aside from me, we probably at Summerscape or DLA or both DLA was for the older kids. We definitely played a lot of nine inch nails, me and a, one or two friends. See, I never got to do this kind of shit. So all the music I found, I didn't get a lot of exposure to other kids in other schools. Like I, think, I was very isolated in Marshfield. I, my mom never had money for me to participate in like summer camps or anything. So, yeah. I mean, it's, I just never had that experience of being away from home and having people introduce me to shit. Anyway, that's Well, here's what story. you missed out on. Okay. This was, I think this was the summer of 2000. Um, oh, well, I was in college anyway. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was being off. introduced to I was a baby at this point. You uh, are two and a half years younger than me. Stop it. I brought my boom box and we blasted Starfuckers Inc. in the dorm rooms. Rebels. <laughs> yeah, we were awesome. Uh, okay. He said, Adam and the Ants fucking rule. I used to have an Adam and the Ants t-shirt in fake Spanish. It displayed the band and then Adamos y los Antos. I don't know what <laughs> happened to that shirt. I think that's all we got for that. Okay. Cool. Sorry these are taking so long. They're not all, you know, big, multi-part. We have something from Christian. Hey, Christian. Our good friend in the Discord. Christian said, I've been a Nine Inch Nails fan since 2009. I'm sure you both know, but the very first song I ever heard from Nin was The Day the World Went Away when I heard it in the trailer for the movie Terminator Salvation. Mm-hmm. 
when I was 13 years old. Oh my God. Sorry. I, I was like, that. I was like 27 yeah, seeing we that in theater. Old. 26. Um, now that I think about it, the first song I actually heard from them before I even knew of them was Just Like You Imagined from the 300 trailer. I remember when that happened. I do not. I stumbled upon the quiet version of the song on YouTube, the Day the World Went Away, and right then and there, it just made me want to listen to the band even more. Growing up, I was a really socially awkward teen and didn't really know how to socialize with others, which caused me to get bullied. Bands like Nine Inch Nails really helped me get through my school years as well as other things that I would deal with. By the time I graduated high school, I saw them live for the first time back in August 2014 and even saw Soundgarden for the first and only time. The show felt like it was long overdue for a fan like myself who's been listening since age 13 and wish I can relive the experience again. Anyway, I've been listening to your show since the very beginning of June and have made my weekends and had made my weekends since then exciting. I then listened to your other podcast, Discographology, and have been enjoying it since. The Fiona Apple episodes specifically. Ooh, thank you. Those I did those. Since you both are Nin and Apple fans, my question to you both was, were you both were you both following both artists in 99, 2000 when The Fragile and when The Pond came out? Great oh. year for music. Oh, Great buddy. year for music. You and if, if uh, let's see. And if did you still follow them for six years once With Teeth and Extraordinary Machine came out? Oh, yeah. I remember also 2005, big year for me, because With Teeth and Extraordinary Machine also came out that year. Okay. Uh, keep up the great work, guys. Thank you very much, Christian. Yes, and yeah, well. 99, definitely. I yeah. was a big Fiona Apple fan the first time. Gosh, I don't know. I think Shadow Boxer was a very early single. It wasn't yeah. as big of a hit as like Criminal but her first or Sleep single. to Dream, but I think it was her first, right? Yeah, it was. And I remember seeing that video and just falling in love. I was already... Criminal? Big... No. Shadow oh. Boxer. Shadow Boxer's not much of it. Well, you know. I liked the song. Oh, okay. okay. Good God. Got, she's got the romantic. <laughs> Let's tie it in here to closer. Come on. And... But uh, yeah, so immediately was a fan. I bought Tidal. And uh, loved it. And when the pond came out, I had to have it. I think my mom bought it for me as a gift. I don't remember the occasion. Uh, but yeah, and the fragile had it. Bought those both in '99 when they came out. Um, as far as following, definitely, extraordinary machine was like the. I was more excited for that than with teeth. Um, people were waiting. Yeah, for well, just like Nine Inch Nails, that people were waiting for six years. Yeah, and uh, I also had. A friend of mine that I worked with at the music store um, had found like the original mix of it uh, that yes. was produced by um, John Bryan. By John Bryan, and had burned that off for me, and I passed that on to Blake. I don't even know where it's at now. Um, it's in a pile of CDs over here. Okay, <laughs> I know. I just remember that I passed it on to you whenever you were working on that episode. But yep. uh, he burned that for me, and it was passed around me and my friends like i burned several copies off for all the all, all the apple heads to listen to those john bryan uh versions um but yeah uh and i bought with teeth when it came out i was still following nine inch nails then um but you know that was an album that just didn't click with me and that's kind of when i dropped off the mm. the nindar for a while oh yeah that would probably make a lot of people mad who love with teeth but yeah, we've got different timelines here. Yeah, but like I said, it just didn't click with me. So um doesn't yeah, mean for, it's bad. Well, well, we'll, we'll save that. So, yeah. Um, 99, I was, unfortunately, I was not there. <laughs> uh, 
so to speak, for the drops of the fragile and win the pawn. I didn't become fans of either of those artists until maybe the following year. Um, however, in 05, uh, it was a huge deal for me when With Teeth dropped. That was, you know, I hugely anticipated that. Would that be like, you know, I was talking about how like the perfect drug was the first single no. I could interact in. No, I guess not. The fragile would have be, been right. No, oh. there were things in between. Well, yeah, I, I went. I mean, I ran to the record store to get uh, and all that could have been, you know, the DVD and the CD box set. I meant like original material. Uh, Tomb Raider soundtrack. Oh, okay. Deep. Sorry, That's forgot a, about that. Okay, the original song "Deep." I ran to the record store to get that. Uh, li- little things in there. Anyway. So yeah, that was huge. And then I think later that same fall or later in the fall of 05, I was like, oh, holy shit, Fiona Apple's back also. And then that was a huge, huge record for me. Probably not as big as With Teeth, though. See, it was uh, the opposite. I was more of a extraordinary yeah, machine we went, head. We diff- I mean, I did love it and I listened to it a ton. Mm-hmm. I, also, I also listened to With Teeth a ton uh, for that, for the rest of that year, probably. Okay. Josh did point out way back when that he thought that there was a huge Magritte influence on Romantic in the Perfect Drug video. This is before we ever talked about the Perfect Drug video. And then when we released that Perfect Drug episode, he was like, oh, gory? I never thought of that. For some reason, I was always thinking Magritte. That's a connection that I don't think anyone else made, the Magritte thing. The gory thing seems very obvious. But um, Anyway, so what do we got next? Okay, here we go. So this is from Lisa, also maybe known as Jupiter Star. Um, Hey, Jess and Blake, Jupiter Star here. Love your podcast. And I finally finished all episodes and I'm excited to hear more. I've been a Nine Inch Nails fan since 94 and learned so many cool things about Trent and Nine Inch Nails from you guys. And I thank you for that. My first exposure to Nine Inch Nails may have been MTV clips from the Woodstock performance, along with the Closer and March of the Pigs videos. I can't remember exactly, but I do remember even before that, a kid in my school wearing Nine Inch Nails shirts. Same. Mm-hmm. The cool kids. The cool kids. The bad kids. <laughs> I remember one kid had an eraser shirt, and I was so jealous of it. I don't. I think you I had remem- to turn it inside out. Though, I, I think I remember. Ooh, I think mm-hmm. I remember a kid wearing the shirt that said "God damn." Mm-hmm. Oh, I did. Yeah, uh-huh. it was you. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway, he hung out with the metalheads, or maybe it was skaters. But anyway, these kids were so much more interesting to me than the honor students like myself. I was like, who is Nine Inch Nails? Just the logo looks cool and all of that imagery and the music seems so forbidden to a young teenage girl who was discovering who she was. My parents were not really happy about my music choices or watching MTV in general, so I had to be a little sneaky about it. When I finally bought the Downward Spiral on CD in probably early 95, I found it had the infamous parental advisory sticker that we all knew and hated. And I thought, how am I going to sneak this past my parents? To my surprise, after I peeled off the shrink wrap, I discovered that I was able to peel off the parental advisory sticker. 16-year-old me was pretty excited about that. That was always Love that. My mom never really policed my music, though, so I never, mm. I was lucky. But you know what sucks, though, is when it's just part of the, the sleeve art, and yeah, you can't, it's like... it's not a sticker at all. can't hide yep. it. Yeah. Fast forward 15 years later to 2009, and I was able to attend a meet and greet before one of Nine Inch Nails' shows, and have Trent and the whole band sign my TDS CD sleeve. I wonder if it was the same CD sleeve. That'd be cool. 
It wasn't my first show, but it was the only time, no pun intended, I met Trent. And although hundreds of fans also met him that day, I felt so grateful. If I remember correctly, the proceeds from the meet and greet tickets were donated to a fan that was struggling with some serious medical issues. And she sent along pictures. These, okay, these pictures are amazing. Trent mm-hmm. and the meet and greet folks in front of some boats on a dock. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're in front of some boats. And he is standing right next to a young woman in a pink shirt in a sea of Nine Inch Nails right. fans. Be the fan in a pink shirt because you're going to stand out. It's, Everyone else here, he's kind of like pretty much in black. He's, he's really close up uh, on her. Um, that's mm-hmm. not our... Letter it's writer. not our letter writer. I think um, she's next to her. And then there is me. Um, she said, I am probably the shortest person to pick because I am barely five feet tall. This was taken in Toronto in June of 09. So, aw. Do you think Trent asked for all shorter people to be in this picture? <laughs> Maybe he just asked for them to be in the front. But also it makes sense because you get blocked as a shorter person yeah. if you're not in front. Sure. Um, but aw. Looking yeah, cute. Yeah, it's great great picture oh and then uh she sent along a picture of the signed the signed TDS. Steve. uh-huh oh it's signed by more than trent uh though there's robin mm-hmm. uh i think maybe justin uh Meldel johnson and elon rubin if i had to guess that's who signed it yeah she said the whole band okay um and then she sent a link to something hold on one second it's just a link to Wave goodbye. The wave goodbye tour. tour. She said, if you click on the backstage passes. Okay. So this was a charity. Di- it was about the story of the charity. Yeah. Um, the A series of backstage passes with a meal with the band were announced to coincide with the charity case for Eric De La Cruz, where Nine Inch Nails fans could pledge $1,200 to $1,000 for the cause with the larger amount for those who did not already have a ticket. Anyway, it gave them a meal with the band, could watch the sound tech and talk to the band. That's cool. Um, three hundred dollar uh, option for a meet and greet prior to the show, or general ten dollar donation simply to support the man. Anyway, um, hope we get invited to a meet and greet, get some passes comped. You know, <laughs> yeah, we're part just of the for media. Having a cool podcast, we're part of the media now. Yeah, we're uh, journalists, I guess. Sure. Okay, but yeah, that's a cool story. So thank you for sharing that and for the pictures. Thank you so much, thank Lisa. You very much. Also, I think I see. Is that a f- is that a lawn? That's what I was thinking. It kind of looks like a lawn. It does. The drummer. Oh, and I think I see Robin in the back. Oh, I didn't even notice him there. Yeah, that uh-huh. could very well be him. It could be Robin, or it's just a really tall, cool <laughs> fan who <laughs> looks like Robin. Anyway, um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's a really cool story. So, okay, from Jessica, not this Jessica, not me, a different one. Hello, Blake and Jessica. I'm a new listener from Fort Smith, Arkansas. We're practically neighbors. It's true. Hey, we should all meet up and go to Crystal Bridges or something. Yeah, we need more Ozarkian uh, nailed people. I don't know. I, I hope they are considered part of the Ozarks. I don't know if they are. They might not be. Anyway, your podcast was recommended by the Creepy Crawly Co., who I follow on Instagram. Awesome. We love the Creepy Crawly Co., I started listening Friday and have binged all the episodes on Spotify. I also rated the show five stars. Awesome. And you can do that now. Uh, if you're on Spotify, rate us five stars. I enjoy your podcast because it's a labor of love. 
Each episode is full of research, history, and personal stories, which I truly enjoy. I love the tone of your voices and Jessica's laugh. There we go. It's a good <laughs> laugh. I also love hearing your kitty Oscar meowing in the background. A lot of people are saying that. <laughs> Blake hates it. I just want to let everyone know that. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I hate trying to edit it. Only being a casual Nin listener, your podcast has inspired me to delve deeper into the genius of Trent Reznor. Keep up the great work. I'm looking forward to future episodes, Jess. Now, that's interesting to me, just being a casual casual listener, and it's our podcast that's getting her to... She's kind of listening along. That's cool. She's not the only person I've heard of doing this, listening along with us as we go through. Yeah, we you have know. a buddy in the Discord who's doing that, kind of. Yeah, so if you're, you know... Uh, don't already know it all and it's it's new to you as we go uh hey i don't even you. already know good it all you. i'm learning a lot too i i know it all oh, not, okay. not to brag or anything but i know it all all right um oh and she had a postscript i was so excited to email you i'd forgotten to mention i have a question for your nail box which nin song or songs are on your morning playlist <laughs> okay um okay it's a good question okay so I like the term nail box. <laughs> she then said she meant to say nail bag instead of nail box, but I do like nail box. Anyway, so do you have songs for the morning? Yeah, sure. So um, for a while there during the uh, early days of the pandemic, I would, when every day was exactly the same, wah, wah. that's not the song I would listen to though. No. Um I would get up, and for some reason, to motivate me for my morning, I would put on Hand That Feeds. Oh, weird. Yeah, I don't know why. It's got From the album you weren't that into. That's right. That's right. I never said I didn't like- But it's kind of a get up and go anthem, sort of, maybe. Kind of, yeah. And every day I'm like, today is the day I will quit my- No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Can't afford to quit my job, unfortunately. But- I bite at the hand that feeds me. Remember that? <laughs> so good. Anyway, yeah. Um, for some reason, it just has a good uh, morning grind kind of rhythm to Rise it. Rise and grind. That's right. And hits. It's it's good. I'm telling you, put it on your your morning uh, playlist to get you going, and it'll get you there. Um, I'm not. I'm a person who hates mornings. Lifelong morning hater here. So I'm not a huge morning playlist person, but the other day I was driving to work in the morning and sometimes I need, uh, if I'm going somewhere in the morning, I need pump up material, stuff to get me pumped up and woken up. And I blasted somewhat damaged. Whoa. Uh, yeah, that's a, I think that's a great start to your morning. If you just want to pump some aggression into yourself, <laughs> right? I like, mean, it's just like. It starts really subtle and then it's just blasting in your face too fucked up to care anymore. If you haven't, try it. Somewhat damaged in the morning or anything that's real, just the most aggressive stuff, like stuff off of broken. Listen mm. to gave up or wish in the morning. Listen to last. Just Ooh. Yeah, or last. Be just ready to like, out. just be ready to fuck that day <laughs> right in the... Uh, yeah. Wasn't Drake Fist fuck the day. Wasn't Drake recently pictured holding um uh like a, a vintage nine inch nails shirt? It sounds weird saying vintage, but yeah, it was like from a, Fragile Era. I think it was, it's a shirt that I have, maybe. No. Oh no, it wasn't. Because the similar. back of it is really cool. It's the it's lyrics from Somewhat Damaged, isn't it? I think so. Broken, bruised. Maybe it said too fucked up to care anymore. Uh, yeah. It had all yeah, those lyrics. Strange on it. picture. Yeah. 
Well, and I was like, why the fuck does Drake have that? And I got mad and I threw my yeah. phone against. Sorry, I'm not a, well, I'm not a Drake fan. That's another, an, another unexpected Nine Inch Nails influence. Drake. Uh, maybe. So thank you, Jess, for your emails from Fort Smith, Arkansas. I'm going to forward one from Robbie. Okay. Who I believe is a patron. Oh, yeah. Robbie's one of our early, to, early yeah, patrons and supporters. not on Discord, I don't think. I really like the subject line that Robbie did. Robbie said, here, I'll start it off for you. Robbie's email is oh, uh, subject go. line, I've heard of pillow talk, but this is something else. <laughs> that's from the episode when we yelled into the pillow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here we go. This is from Robbie. Note. I did not expect to go very rambly with this. It just sort of ended that way. But with that said, I thought I'd share my experience with you guys. Ah, the joyful tones of the downward spiral. Nothing better to close out the festive season than the haunting snowy feedback landscape of Hurt. Although not my favorite Nine Inch Nails album, it is perhaps the most important to me as it was like many others, my gateway album. And it soundtracked a lot of my insert crappy early edgy teenager moment here when starting secondary school. I think our equivalent of middle school, it's 11 to 16 year olds. Sounds like middle slash high school. So yeah, without getting into too much boring detail, I was the person who didn't set in too comfortably at school and isolated myself from others of fear of change and not being accepted. I hung around with one group of friends until that fell apart as school friendships do. Yeah, I'm not the truth. The person who I was close with fell into a bad crowd who chewed them up and spat them out, causing them to leave the school altogether and rendering me alone and confused and trying to make new friends. Admittedly, I didn't know what to do and stuck out to others like a sore thumb and became a prime target for the dickhead in our year. So I took comfort in music, video games, and movies as some people do. One video game was Guitar Hero Warriors of Rock, which I got for my birthday and in an early level discovered a song called Wish and the mm. rest is history. Okay. I played a lot of Guitar Hero. So did I. But mm. I I never had any of the ones with Nine Inch Nails on them. I remember having like a couple of the early games and then maybe like an 80s edition. Actually, I want to say the first time I ever played Rock Band mm-hmm. with some friends, we played The Hand That Feeds. Nice. I think I may have sung it, but that... Don't quote me on that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I got my first Nine Inch Nails CD, which was, drumroll, the Downward Spiral 10th Anniversary Deluxe Edition, which was the first and only time I ever saw it stocked at my local HMV. This was the Super Audio CD version, as I don't think... Wish that, I had that. As I don't think Dual Disc really took off over here that much, unless you were an audiophile. Um, it didn't take off in any country, just <laughs> <didn't>. an aside. <laughs> So I got the album, put in disc one into my recently gifted hi-fi from my grandmother and press play. I think I was doing homework at the time, so I sort of had it in the background. As soon as Mr. Self-Destruct started, I was hooked. And then Piggy came on, and that broke me a little to hear a situation sort of similar to what I was going through friendship-wise. I had to pause and reflect for a while. And then the becoming happened, and my brain melted, and I knew I had to dive even deeper into the album. And that led to me becoming an unofficial, official Nine Inch Nails historian on the blessed hell site that is Tumblr. <laughs> Shout out to the Nine Inch Nails Tumblr family. Hmm. Hey, Ray. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, as mentioned earlier, although it's not my favorite Nine Inch Nails release, Year Zero, baby. Okay. <laughs> I do love Year Zero. I really have to thank this album for getting me through it and allowing and allowing to vocalize my anxieties and frustrations that I didn't feel comfortable outwardly putting out there at 12, 13 years old, as people do. 
These thoughts and feelings can be very confusing and stuff to someone who's never really had these feels before, you know, until things eventually got better as I came out of my shell and life found its way. Admittedly, I am lucky to have never had the feelings that are truly brought up in the album, especially towards the end, compared to, for example, The Holy Bible by Manic Street Preachers, which is an album that I highly recommend for those who haven't heard, but agree it does take a few listens to get into. Um, that is something that Adam Steiner also brought up. Yeah. Was the Holy Bible by Manic Street Preachers, mm-hmm. and he also uses it um, a lot a lot in, in the book. In the book. Um, I often hear about it in the top five of Darkest Album lists. Usually it's Closer, In Utero, The Holy Bible, The Downward Spiral, and usually either Pornography or Disintegration, depending huh. on the list. Pornography's darker. Ooh, pornography's fucking dark. But I believe it helped me to be more socially conscious of these issues and how people can feel in these situations and how I can provide my support as much as I can and as much as is needed. It definitely opened the door to more mental health awareness for me. We never really had the mental well-being support at my school, and I think it's only came to my local schools in recent years after I left, sadly due to a tragedy that happened in my final school year. (laughs) <laughs> trying to wrap this up as I've unintentionally wrote a novel. The Downward Spiral is a very important album for me, and I think the album will still be very important and will touch a lot of people, especially as it nears its 30th anniversary in a few years' time. My personal top five are Reptile, Eraser, Ruiner, A Warm Place, and The Becoming. Hope you guys are having a great festive period, and I hope your computer situation gets sorted very soon. Take care. Ooh, it Robbie. did. It did, and it was all because you guys helped us. So Thank you. Good email, Robbie. And I liked... Your I I replied that we need to we need a side podcast or maybe a segment called Pillow Talk. <laughs> that's a that's nailed after dark, aka Pillow Talk. By the way, I have a segment idea that I well, it wasn't really my idea, but I kind of still want to make you do it now. Okay, well we'll talk about it. We'll get to it. We'll talk about it. Okay, um, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all that. Yes, I also love your zero. I don't think. It gets Jess the love is a big it deserves. Year zero. YZ heads over here. <laughs> so thank you okay. so much. Moving along. Richard. Okay, this is uh, Instagram's Reckoning on Instagram. That's his handle. <laughs> hey, Richard. He said, hello, it's me, the action figure guy. <laughs> if you could have the ideal lineup, any member, any age, any tour or era... Performing a set list of your choice, what would it be? Follow up, what's your ideal set list? Minimum of 10 songs. Oh my God. I think more than one person asked ideal set list. I can't do that. This is too hard. Uh, Also, let's talk about the stage setups they've had over the years from the wood, tape, film, wrapped around instruments to lights lights in the sky, tension, and beyond. Mm -hmm. What do you think would be the most enjoyable to personally experience? Also, Trent... Okay. Talk about multi-part. Well, this is just a bunch of questions. Um, okay, let's deal. Then, then there's another one. I'll get to that. Let's deal with them one at a time. Okay, so if, if I could have ideal any lineup. ideal lineup. Okay, okay, okay. So, ideal lineup. Well, Robin Fink. Yeah, has to have Robin. I agree. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Who, okay, let's do this. Can Who's I have... on drums? <sighs> Tough one, huh? I feel an allegiance to Vrenna. Yeah. I feel like, man, Vrenna been through a lot. <laughs> yeah. But Elon is also like so, he's like a superstar on those drums, you know? Yeah. I'm not saying that Vrenna's not a great drummer. It's not what I'm trying to imply. Yeah. But, whew, Elon's great. Um, 
I have the same problem deciding between one of those. If it, in fantasy land, it would be both of them. Okay, sure. We'll have them. It's kind of like the pretty, but, it's kind of like the head like a whole video where it's Martin yeah. Atkins and Chris Renna, but this time it's Alon yeah, and Renna. Exactly. Why not? It's my Old fantasy. New. Right, it's Why Jessica's not? sexual fantasy. Yeah, it's mine. Um, uh, I already said Fink, right? Who are the, yeah, so obviously Fink on lead guitar. Totally. Who are our auxiliary keyboard synths, uh, other guitars, etc. And occasionally even a bass guitar on that rare occasion when they have a bass. Mm. Can I pick a couple? Yeah, of course. Okay. I'm thinking. Sorry. Hold on. Is Atticus going to be there? Well, I think I have to. Yeah, I think. I mean, he's an official member. Yeah. Uh, and he's very important to the band sound from, you know. Yeah. I'll put him there. The and early to now. He's just fucking great with these synthesizers. I'll mm-hmm. put him there. Yeah. But... Cortini, maybe? Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. And Loner. Just to just because they need a Brad Pitt in a band. <laughs> and he's a good, he's a good jack of all trades because he'll do guitar, bass, and keys. And I enjoy watching him. I'm sure you do. <laughs> Dang it. Um, and also, if there's, can I just put Klauser in there just in case there's some need for theremin? Yeah, just theremin, just okay. theremin. Yeah. Full, full-time theremin. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if there's anyone you said that I don't want or anyone you didn't mention that I would want in my ideal lineup, my dream team. I think Maraqueen would join for some songs. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Maybe they could do fashion again. Maybe yeah. that could be one of your set lists. Oh, and speaking of that, just put uh put Mike Garson on piano. Add just Adrian grand. Ballou there. Just Adrian Ballou. Why not? Lindsay Buckingham also. Sure. Mike Garson's playing piano for all of the songs. You know what? Bring out Josh Omi from Queens of the Stone Age. Now, he okay. can come I don't out. Know about that. Well, he's I, I like him, but you know, he steals the show a little bit. He's a Taurus King. <laughs> Another one? <laughs> Another one. Um, who the fuck am I leaving out? Do we include Richard Patrick? I don't I mean Richard Patrick, I It's weird because he he was only there for the Pretty Hate Machine tour stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, Broken didn't tour, but he was, you know, he's in the Gave Up video. Well, yeah. He's in Wish. Um, I feel like he was such a big fixture, but for such a short period of time, I feel like it's just like his solo, not solo, but but filter that makes him stick out, right? Because he's one of the band members that went out and had like a mm-hmm. hit. So I think that makes him stand out a lot in our mind. But I do like his, uh, I think it was... Maybe Lollapalooza. Maybe he did this a lot, but he just put like electrical tape over his nipples. That was great. It's a <laughs> yep. good look. Love, love that look. Okay. Um, I want I, a tiny club, but I want it to be like the highlight show. <laughs> okay. No. I'm as kidding. far as the ideal set list song, mm-hmm. that's coming up on a later question. We'll address that later. Um, and I uh, let's see the stage setup. What would be the most enjoyable stage setup to experience? Okay, I think he asked, did he not say like club or era? I've said this many times. I wish I could it have can been be anything you want. old enough to have been part of a scene for anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I would have loved to have seen them in a small club, Pretty Hate Machine. Yeah. Early Pretty Hate Machine era. Yeah. Um, with Trent just climbing all over rigging and hanging from things and just such a. With, so you want the cassette tape, every, VHS mm-hmm. tape hanging I want that hanging tape everywhere. hanging everywhere. I mean, that was somewhat on the downward spiral too a little bit. I think I've said before that I, w- if I could pick any tour, Fragility is up there. 
Um, it also really, it would have been cool to see tension. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of people might not agree because it, not everyone agreed that that was the best setup, but that I think it would be a really cool one to see. Yep. Um, there's just so many that I would. I would. I just wish I could have been part of that intimate. Yeah. I wish I could have been part of anything. I want honestly. my dream team. I want that intimate setting, but I want to be able to pick from the entire Nine Inch Nails catalog. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping the one we get to go see this year is better than all of them. <laughs> <laughs> But it would be cool, okay, whatever the setup, whatever the stage setup, small venue would be fucking awesome mm-hmm. as opposed to arena. You know, I wish the, I could do that. The tour that was canceled, uh, they were going to do another yeah. leg of the, I know. yeah, I believe they're playing at the Uptown in Kansas City for two nights. A that would have been pretty been small. fucking incredible. It's, it's a theater. Yeah. It's not an arena. Yeah. That would have been amazing. So do that again, guys. We want to go. Yeah, go back to theaters. Yep. Um. Richard also asked, <laughs> this one's kind of funny. Okay. Trent kind of has an accent, right? I can never place it. It's kind of more prominent when he sings. I can't be the only one that thinks of these things. Well, Richard, um, I mean this in the most loving way. Everyone has an accent. <laughs> uh, Richard, but, where are you from? That's what I want to know. Well, I'm not going to dox him. Where no. uh, I think I know the general area because we're friends on Insta. Anyway, at Trent's accent, uh, he has a, to me, it's just generic middle American accent, mm-hmm. you know, a Pennsylvania, Ohio boy, but it's not, it's not like he sounds like he's a country bumpkin, which is kind of what he was. Um, and I'm not picking up on any strong regional accent from him. He has a way of pronouncing things when he sings, but, but so does, you know, Many singers have that where they'll pronounce things differently in singing than they will in speech. Uh, I, do you have an opinion on this? If he, he, his voice sounds... Yeah, I think he has a very Midwestern accent. Okay, you think so? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I, I think maybe it's it's not as prominent now as it was when he was younger. Probably to like us. when you're listening. But to, to I really have normal. to think about it because to me, I, I feel like, of course... Yeah, it does feel normal. So I had to kind of think about it and separate myself from it. Um, so maybe that's why I don't think about it. But I remember I used to work at a call center. And whenever I was younger and I had to call people, I was like a kid, guys. Um, probably in the same era I was listening to The Fragile. <laughs> I was working at a call center. And I remember calling people and they'd be like, where are you from, <laughs> Georgia? And I'm like, excuse you, me. You don't even, you don't sound like a Georgian at all. I mean, I was calling people and like, Scottsdale, Arizona and shit. So maybe maybe to them. Yeah, but that's I'm just saying it's all relative, man. Scottsdale, Arizona is well, never mind. I'm not gonna get into all that. <laughs> you're not high society because you're from Arizona, okay? I, I used to live there. Scottsdale's very wealthy though, right? It is well, it is the wealthy suburb. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it sounds uh, I guess because we're also sort of Midwesterners. Uh, we're kind of in the same boat, maybe to an East Coaster, it would, uh, yeah, sound a little different. But yeah, you can hear it sometimes when he sings. Richard also sent us a link to something that I don't think we were aware of. So we can play this if we want. He said, I think this was from 97. Judging by his voice, definitely after Downward Spiral. This has been a mainstay in my Spotify rotation for years. He says, it sounds like it's 99% Trent instrumentally. This is some kind of... um 
Trent Reznor collaboration, to me at least. Vocally, definitely feels like broken TDS. Slap those lyrics on a less hip-hop vibe and boom. Okay, speaking of hip-hop collaborations, I think... Let's see what this is. Josh Wink and Trent Reznor, Black Bomb. I don't believe I've ever heard this. Released in 98. Oh. So what is it? So this is what he was doing between Perfect Uh Drug and The Fragile. (laughs) Featured on the 1998 album Here Here. Okay, well, yeah, that's Trent. How have I never heard this? This is strange. It, you know, it's not, it doesn't sound very familiar to me. Not at all. It's not all that, yeah, I mean, it does, it's electronic, but it doesn't sound too Nine Inch Nailsy to me. I don't know if Trent is just contributing vocals and not any instrumental stuff. Um, as far as I know, it's only vocals. Okay, well that would make more sense. Well, interesting. Okay. From what I looked up briefly. Okay. Thank you for introducing us to something I had no idea existed Mm -hmm. for so long. Uh, Real quick, a weird thing also from Josh W. He said he ordered his copy of the Downward Spiral on CD was scratched and skipping. So he ordered a new copy off eBay and it arrived, but inside of it had a card that says a summary of the gospel and it's like a Christian tract card. Oh, interesting. <laughs> inserted into the CD. So did he order it from like maybe like a a, a Christian um, thrift store or something? I have he didn't say. I it have might no be clue. a lot of times like um Yeah, they'll, they'll they sell stuff online now. Yeah. Um and, like Goodwills do and stuff. And they might just put this card with everything, right? Yeah, that would be my guess. But very interesting to put it in they the, the downward spiral. Put a ton of them in there, like 20. Yeah, because you need extra Jesus. <laughs> if, you, if you're listening to this, you need the help. Yep. That's fine. Um, oh, and that one, he went on to uh, talk about how he l- also loves with Gorley and Rust. Oh, yeah. Big, great podcast. Big Paul F. Tompkins fan, we too. We watched uh, The Running Man last night so we can keep up with yeah, their Stephen King. I listened to their podcast on Running Man today. Uh-huh. Big fan of PFT and Super Ego. I don't know if you've heard that one. I've listened to some Super Ego, but okay. yeah. And we love PFT. Love PFT. Oh, they've got a new one. Yeah, I was listening yep. to part of it but while I was making our Trentinis. Oh, here's a good one. Okay. We're getting to newer ones now. We're, do- we're doing okay on time, right? Okay, I uh, guess, yeah. <laughs> so getting to more recent stuff, one mm-hmm. from our friend Rooker. Hey, Rooker. Hey, Rooker. Uh, thanks for writing and thanks for being a, a, thanks for being a bro. Also. Thanks for being a... A, a, bud. a good jabroni. Hey, I'm wearing our matching jabroni shirt. Jabroni club. Uh, <laughs> Jessica's got on the shirt mm-hmm. that apparently she and Rooker are twinsies now. We are. We're, we both have these Halo 8 long sleeves we ordered. And he said, so what's the dream set list for Red Rocks? Or uh, which we are, we are going to with Rooker and a, a lot of other people. Uh-huh. 
um, or any Nin show in general. So that's where the dream set list is question comes back. Um, he said, if I don't get to hear, that's what I get uh-huh. or copy of a, I will riot. Co- <laughs> that's copy what of I get a is a good copy t- of a, that I think he's brought up several times. That's what I get. And I didn't know if he was, if he was joking. I know that there's a lot of people who are big. That's what I get fans. I, I don't have me. the hate it's for str- it. I don't I have, don't... I don't have hate for it. It's just not my, it's on the bottom of my list of nine inch nails songs. <laughs> Unless we're talking about purest feeling version, so what, which I think is better. What would happen to Rooker if he doesn't hear that's what I get or copy of a? He said he will, he will riot. Okay. Um, I wrote down, I, I mean, I wrote down, I didn't, if I spent way more time, I could come up with a full set and the order and everything. But I have a rough idea of things. Okay. But it's not a complete list. Do you have one? I mean, uh, this is hard. You're going to hate me. I want to hear Down In It. Oh, uh, yeah. That hasn't been done in a while, has it? I love it. It's just one of my favorites. I don't know why. I can't explain it. I hear that and my tummy does a little flip-flop and gets excited every time I hear it. I don't okay. know. It's it's a weird thing. I have no if idea. If you busted just, it out at the it. Red Rocks show this year. I would probably... Or any show. I'd probably be like those girls you see in like uh, boy band concerts that just start crying. That'd be yeah. me. I would just start bawling when Down In It starts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd probably be pretty excited, though. Um, so, okay. Um, Into the Void. Always love that one. Um, last. So good. Oh, yeah. That last is on my list, too. Yeah. Last. Uh, would you want to hear Closer to God? Would that be one? Um, yeah, I think we've talked about how I could do either... If they're not going to do closer, then closer to God. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, you know, I could almost prefer it. Oh, there's so much. I don't know. This is really hard, and it's hard for me to pick just like ten songs. Um, well, yeah, and it could be more than ten. Obviously, I think they should. They could start with Pinion, but you know what? It's been a while since that one had a, any kind of revamp. So, do an update on it. Do a Pinion remix. Okay. As just as the intro. Do you have Where Is Everybody on your list? That's that. That's after Pinion. Ooh, okay. Pinion into Where Is Everybody. Okay. I want to hear songs that have never been played. That's my big thing. Um, Possibly after that, they could do Terrible Lie. I just really love Terrible Lie. Mm-hmm. Love hearing it in the live set. I want to hear everything. <laughs> I Everything's on my list, and uh, I know people are going to hate us for it. But people I, will hate it. I love it. I think I want, it's energetic. They've I think never done it. Uh-huh. And they could make a version that sounds a lot more exciting than the record version, I think. Kind of like they do with Terrible Lie or, or a lot of songs. Mm-hmm. Here's, okay, I want, I want to hear a lot of stuff off the Fragile and that's never going to happen because I know they don't often play a whole lot from the Fragile anymore. But I think this would be cool uh, to do La Mer Into the Void. Okay. Just to say La Mer yes. and Into the Void mashed I can hear up. That. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, and while we're doing fragile stuff, let's do no, you don't. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you know old man Trent can pull it off, but and a lot of people will hate that one too. But um, I want to hear maybe just once. Interesting. Okay. It's really strange. Probably will never happen. But in a dream set, yes. Just so they could say, well, they have done it, but not since 1988 or something. Mm-hmm. Um. So stuff from Ghosts, 
they probably should do some ghosts five and six this year. The uh, stuff that's never been done live. Okay. Cause it's new. Um, they could do some stuff off their score work. It's been done before some of their score work. Uh, Oh, you know what? They could do, uh, there's some more exciting stuff on there. Uh, the Reznor and Ross score stuff like Watchmen. Okay. They could do, um, like as an instrumental break, the, I think it's called none with a motherfucking gun. And there are many variations on this, but it's an upbeat, really exciting little piece that would rock live. I think, do you know what I'm talking about or no? Mm -hmm. You do? Sure. Okay. You don't. (laughs) Sorry. No, I do. I do. You're fine. (laughs) I'm looking at my own list okay. and I'm trying to decide. I can't decide on the songs off year zero that I would want to hear. Here's where things get a little interesting. Okay, here we go. They should do Isn't Everyone and Health should come and join them. Buddy, I was going to say Isn't Everyone. There we go. Mm-hmm. And, and Health joins them. Mm-hmm. And then after they're done with that, oh, more special guests come out on stage and Halsey walks out there and they oh, do shit. some songs from the Halsey album. Nice. Or just one song. That's all I need. Okay. Um, easier than lying i don't really care what they do uh i'm not a woman i'm a god any of them um then then mayor queen also comes out and they're all gathered on stage together like Uh it just keeps building health and halsey didn't leave yeah and then they do some how to destroy angel stuff i just want to hear the their cover of fashion because i think it was really oh yes and then they should definitely do fashion and mike Mm -hmm. garson should be there do you have any songs from the slipper year zero I didn't think that far. What would you say? I don't know. Like I said, I was having a hard time picking off of Year Zero. I really love Capital G because of the Michael Jackson beat. I always yeah, love that song. We'll get it's into a, that some more. I'd love to hear Capital G. Um, Echoplex. I'd love. To, I know it's been done. Well, I'd love to hear Echoplex. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm a huge Slip like lover, so. Like I, see, there's so many that I like on Year Zero that I just want to hear them do the entire album from beginning to end. Yeah. That's what I want. Um, from the It'd be slip- cool to... Oh. oh, I'm sorry. I'll say this one last thing. If they're not if they're not starting with Pinion, they, have they started with Hyper Power from Year Zero? Have they done that? I'm sure they have. Maybe they did in like know. the 2007. That'd be cool. Anything else from Hesitation Marks? You said... Um, it's well, a copy of a uh, would be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of stuff I like. You know what's funny is I'm looking at it and I have almost every song hearted <laughs> from. Hesitation. I really love various methods of escape. Yeah, that's a good one. I love into mm-hmm. um, running. That's not one of my favorites, I but we'll, once we when we revisit it, I love I all time maybe, low. Yes, all time low. I want to hear that. I want that on the list. Anything from the EPs? Oh yeah, there's plenty I love on there. I mean, even if they just do the the hits, you know, less than love it. Uh, Ship mirror would love to hear it. Um, I want to hear background. World. Background world would love it. Even the all the ten minutes of noise. Yeah, at the end. that's what I want. I just want the ten minutes of noise. Um. Uh, you know, uh, the saxophone shit from Bad Witch. Play all of it. <laughs> I want to hear down in its skin, down in its no. shred, down in its no. singe. No. <laughs> I will lose my mind. Are there any covers that you would like them to play? Um, like, Ooh. you know, there's Dead Souls. I mean, these I are the official covers. That. Why don't we... Sex Dwarf. I do want to hear Sex Dwarf. That Sex was never official. Dwarf. Hey, this is your dream set list. I know. Yeah. 
Um, Get down, make love, maybe. And I would love to hear a New Order cover. Ooh. Ah. I mean, they've done Joy Division. Give me some New Order. Um... Gosh. What's a darker New Order song? I don't see the Blue them Monday doing... has been covered a lot, yeah. so don't do Blue Monday. Even though it's great. Yeah. But there's only so much you can do with Blue Monday. <laughs> they could bring Gary Newman out there, do some cars again. <laughs> Which was Didn't they cover awesome. metal? Yeah, I believe they did. Mm-hmm. Um let's see if I could pick a New Order song. Gosh, I don't know. I don't know. Ceremony or some shit. Mabel, that was also Kind of a joy division hang yeah. on over, I think. Um You're just trying to shoehorn new order in there. I am. I try to shoehorn new it's order really, in everything. They, their music doesn't really necessarily sound right for I'll I'll think of something, you guys. Just I'll come back to that one. What's your uh what's your closing track? Hmm. Right where it belongs. Oh, I if I could choose between that or hurt, I would have to say hurt. I mean I listened to Right Where It Belongs a lot um, when I was in my pandemic journey with Nine Inch Nails. So that's one yeah. that's one track that resonates with me off of With Teeth. So Okay. Yeah, it's a very, very different one on With Teeth. It's not rocking, you know? Mm-hmm. This one is from our friend Discogivore. Aloha. How daunting is it to be making the plunge into the darkest and deepest heart of Nin that is the fragile? Terrifying. Yeah. That era runs around 50 tracks. Oh, thanks for the reminders on how much material (laughs) we're taking on. 50 tracks clocking in at three and a half plus hours. I have faith in y'all, but I envy not your job. (laughs) Wait, that's not true. It seems that envy is my sin. (laughs) Kevin Spacey voice. Um... Good luck, you poor fuckers. We'll see you on the other side. Um, Attached is the fragile tour booklet PDF, just in case you misplaced your digital copy of it. Thank you. I did misplace mine. (laughs) Um, I wonder, was he at the fragile tour? I don't know. That's pretty cool, though. But it's a digital. Oh, yeah, I sent you this. Yeah, you did. Yeah, the fragile, the tour booklet, which I guess is like, I would have loved to have gotten this. Probably something you purchased the merch table. Oh, okay. I don't know if they handed it out like playbills. That would be awesome. Lots of really cool imagery and and writing inside here. Oh, 44 pages. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah, think that's free. I would, yeah, no. I'd love to have one of these. Damn, I wonder what they go for now. Very cool. Thank you. Thank you, Discogavore. I uh, I look forward to it. I'm also scared. We're very, we're terrified. <laughs> I'm terrified. It's scarier to me than the downward spiral. Okay, Kai has a really interesting uh, stuff to share. Do you want me to do this one? Yeah. So this is Artists Unexpectedly Influenced by Nine Inch Nails. This is from Kai. And Kai writes, I'm fascinated by artists who you'd never expect to be influenced by Nine Inch Nails. And yet, somehow, it happened. And then the other way around, artists, it's clear Nine Inch Nails was inspired by that you just would not predict. Did y'all know Michael Jackson was obsessed with the downward spiral? No, I did not know that. Did not know until today. That's been confirmed and commented on by producers and engineers who helped him make his mid-90s His Story album. His Story. History. His Story. History. Okay. (laughs) Please edit that out. That was my Uma Oprah moment. What? Do you not know what I'm talking about? No. David Letterman hosted the Oscars one time. 
And he had a bit where he was like, Oprah, meet Uma, Uma. <laughs> Me Oprah, oh my Oprah, God. Uma, Uma, Oprah. I mean, it's something like that because he loved he He's loved so that funny. wordplay. He's so funny. Uh, he should host again. <laughs> bring him back. <laughs> anyway, that was what I just okay. Did, uh, I guess. That works. And then, sure enough, one of the songs that came out of those sessions was "Morphine." Give it a listen and feel your jaw hit the floor at how out of left field. It sounds from Michael Jackson and how clear the downward spiral vibes are. So before we go further, can I play this? Yes, uh, I'll play it. Okay. Because I've got it pulled up. Cool. Blood on the dance floor. The electro, the electrode noises stand out. So maybe the most industrial thing I've ever heard from Michael Jackson <laughs> kind of like uh, kind of has further down remix vibes to me kind of and yeah that uh, air like air pressure sound like from closer like a violet fluid vibes I mean I definitely hear what you're talking about Kai when I was listening to this earlier, um, I was thinking about another another similarity here between him and Trent. I mean, not that there are a lot that I ever thought about, but the vocals are very low in the mix, like Trent did on the Downward Spiral, and very dry. There's nothing on them, also like Trent did in the Downward Spiral. So yeah, I would not be shocked if that was a direct influence there. Like, listen to the album Bad and compare it to modern pop albums where the vocal is so loud it's about to blow your head off. And his, his, his like lead vocals in the album Bad are damn near a whisper. Like, they're closer to something to like stuff Trent would have done in the 90s than they are to any pop music I can think of. It's strange. You get the idea. Yeah. There, so vibes there. Totally. Of course, it went in the other direction, too. The groove to capital G is pretty much just the way you make me feel. Blake and I argue over this. I, I say Michael Jackson. He says tears for fears. Yep. It's both. It's, it's the all same. of them. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do a comparison. Okay. We could save it for year zero, too, but. Well, we'll have plenty of time to do that. Okay. Capital G, the intro, the opening drums. Mm-hmm. That's capital G. Compare it to the way you make me feel drums, the groove. Same groove there, same shuffle, same same tempo, roughly. And then everybody wants to rule the world by Tears for Fears, also very similar. Once the drums kick in, you'll hear the similarities. I'd argue that kick and snare is even more capital G-ish, but that's just me. But yeah, you get the point. 
more in Kai's email. Another WTF artist influenced by Nine Inch Nails is Def Leppard. What? On their mid-90s album called Slang, <laughs> they got experimental AF and opened the album with a straight-up industrial track. When the heavy vocal distortion kicks in on the chorus, you know who they were inspired by. Now this I have not. I'm going in cold on this one. I listened to this. Have not too. heard. Song is called Truth? Question mark. Very industrial drums. This is for the vocal distortion on the chorus. Yeah, a lot of synth in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, very familiar distortion. You know, I saw Def Leppard in concert. In utero or something? (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? No, when I was a little, not a little, I was probably in like eighth grade. I think it was the summer between eighth and ninth grade. And my friend Erica, who shared a love of Nine Inch Nails with me, had moved to Springfield. Um, Her mom had remarried and the husband she remarried was a D, not a DJ. He was, um, he worked for a local classic rock radio station. Anyway, he got free tickets to Def Leppard and Erica called me and was like, please come. So I went with Erica to go see uh, Def Leppard, but they had the strangest opening artist. It was in an outdoor Lamping Theater. Lamping Theater? Here in, where is that? What is it? Lamping Theater? Lamping? Lamping. Lampy? Lampy. 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 I said Lampy first and then I was like, wait, is that right? Lampy? Lamping? Lampy. Anyway. Sorry, citizens of Lampy. Um, the only time I've been to your fair town was when Def Leppard performed with Tripping Daisy as their opening. I was more excited to see Tripping Daisy. But yeah, they have some weird festivals and acts come through there. I got really into um, uh, Pour Some Sugar on Me because who wouldn't? That song bangs. Um, anywho, those are my favorite examples. Love to hear if you've got some yourselves. WTF artists who are inspired by Nine Inch Nails or artists you'd never expect Nine Inch Nails to be inspired by. Well, I think one we'll discuss we'll discuss more influences in a future email that another listener mm. sent us of some unexpected uh, compositions, composers that Trent Reznor was inspired by. Okay. Um. I don't know. I was I was having a hard time thinking of like WTF artists. Like I had a lot of like very obvious artists, I think. Um, As for the Def Leppard, I I don't know if that was necessarily because they. For me, it feels like a band trying to hang on to some relevance and trying new sounds. um, And that was what was hot at the time. Well, Motley Crue also did it in the 90s. Yes, a lot of bands were trying who and I feel kind of bad for these artists because the zeitgeist changed so quickly, <laughs> like mm-hmm. where they were ruling the charts yeah. to where they were just obsolete overnight, right? Yeah. Um, and so I feel like that's a little bit different. It's interesting 
Um, but there were a lot of, of, of 80s hair metal, I'm just using quotes here, or, you know, um, metal artists who were trying, were playing with what was popular at the time. And unlike other artists who can play with musical trends like Bowie, you know, who can mm-hmm. play with that and kind of make it his own. I I don't know that these artists were necessarily successful in doing that. And it's because I think they weren't true to themselves, maybe. Um, Whereas I feel like Bowie always remained Bowie, even though he played with all kinds of different, you know, genres. And the same thing even with Reznor. Um, uh, I just thought of a bunch of maybe like very obvious (laughs) influences, I guess. Um, Maybe some of these aren't as obvious, but one I thought of immediately and um, Blake, I know that you'll, agree and this is probably something that's on your list too but there's a sister band called heim oh i totally forgot about this yeah so they have a song on their first album days are gone called my song five i fucking that and i talked about this on very another, yeah nine inch nailsy uh, another podcast i spoke about this and i already forgot but it in particular there is a guitar solo that is a trent reznor solo through and through yeah and some of this i'm not saying that they were maybe a lot of times things become part of the culture and you just absorb it and don't know where it necessarily came from if that makes sense yeah so i'm not saying that they were directly influenced by nine inch nails but i know they for sure grew up listening to the same alt rock stuff i did like i know they love whole like celebrity skin you know so it's totally plausible that they also loved nine inch nails but sometimes things become very ingrained in the culture and you're not sure it's kind of like the, I'm sorry to go off on this. I'm not going to go off, but mm-hmm. it's similar to the Olivia Rodrigo Paramore dilemma. Do you know what I mean? Where direct influence versus almost um, subconscious influence. Olivia Rodrigo did not wake up one day and said, and say, you know what? Today, I think I will plagiarize but Paramore. she might have said, you know what? I want a song that sounds like Paramore. And they did. Maybe. Or maybe she just grew up. Listening to the band. Yeah. yeah, pr- Practically from the womb. And so when she went to write a song, uh, it just kind of came out that way. Yeah. C- kind of like when I go to write something, it often comes out sounding like something Trent Reznor wrote. Because that's just in my DNA now. Mm-hmm. I didn't intend to do it. Or it whenever happens. I write, like when I actually sit down and have free time to write I end up sounding like whatever author I might have been reading at the time. It just kind of yep, happens. That, every author does that. Yeah. Also, I think that's just part of learning how to write anyway. Yes. Um, okay. So here is my song five. A lot of industrial drums. I found it hard. Chains rattling. I'll get the vocals, maybe not necessarily. There's a lot of weird uh, synthetic. Yeah, like whatever that is. A lot of this was made in GarageBand. I do know that. The weird brass thing. It's like a horn synth. This right here. I think I compared this to the Echoplex guitar part a little bit. 
We had little like, yeah. Uh, I'll go ahead and stop it there. Clips. We don't need to listen to the whole song. But yeah. that was one artist I thought of like immediately about that question because you would never yeah, think you would of not time. That. Yeah. Um, another that I thought of, and this is maybe obvious too, but Run the Jewels. Um, I'm just going to play. I think, yeah, I think it's clear that they like each other. This is called Ticketron. What am I listening for on this one specifically? I don't know. I just get Nin vibes from this. (laughs) A little bit of down entity vibes. Okay. Maybe. So this might be pretty expected. I was thinking Grimes. Okay. So you love Grimes. Hang, hang on. What? Loved. Okay. How about we say we loved her P.E., pre-Elon? The album Art Angels, I think, is kind of a masterpiece. Well, guess what? That's what I'm pulling a lot of stuff Okay. From. I post that. I, I just don't know on her. Okay. This is Flesh Without Blood. Interesting percussion. one yeah this one especially it's got more of a dark uh this kill v meme a lot more edge to it i mean not vocally but i'm gonna say not vocally a lot because number i picked a lot of female musicians by yeah. the way which is probably i wonder what you picked i'm sure well I didn't pick very well, and she's not afraid Ooh, to scream. Not afraid of it at all. Uh, even if it sounds weird. Um, I'm sure she probably does like them. Um, Hold on. Let's do pin. Some of these connections I never would have thought of, to be honest. I think a big one though is I'm gonna play another song in a second. Pin, opinion, <laughs> coincidence. It's like any artist post NIN that combines guitars and electronics. Mm-hmm. It's hard to not say, you know what, they might have been influenced by big Nine Inch Nails. Studio creatures, like we know Grimes is. Yeah. Yep. The guitar. Yeah, I hear that. I love that. Okay, I love this drum beat. I'm trying to pinpoint what it is. Oh, yeah. This is We Appreciate Power. 
Yeah, this one is definitely has been compared to Nine Inch Nails before. This one's almost closer to a broken. One of her more metal tracks. Okay. Ooh, that guitar back there? Okay. I'm still holding out hope for you, Grimes. <laughs> yeah, what she's, man, hearing that stuff, some of that stuff made me sad because it's like it was so good. Um, Her most recent album was good, too. It was. I don't, I didn't like it It might it not have been much. as good as Art Angels. No. I liked it. It was darker, actually. Yeah, a lot darker. A lot darker. That's because she was like, ugh, I'm married, or I'm dating the devil. <laughs> <laughs> I am literally having a child with Satan. <laughs> what did I do? Um, Okay. Uh, this is very obvious too. It's another artist I like, and I like this album of hers a lot. This is Saint Vincent. She had an album out, and it was called uh, Mass Seduction. Came out in 2017. Saint I feel Vincent like, was on my list. I feel like a lot of these songs are very. I mean, just from the beginning. Yeah, I hear that. Mm-hmm. That's Hang on Me. We know she's a fan. Here's Mass Seduction. Black Saints and a lady playing knockoff soul. A punk rock yeah. romantic slumped on the kitchen floor. I hear it. Interesting. Glitchy stuff going on back there. Here's Sugar Boy. Okay. Yes, Trent and Atticus would be proud of this <laughs> synthesizer uh, sequence drum machine combo for sure. Totally. Closer to like latter day Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, it's it's more like the definitely more latter day. But also similar to something on Pretty Hate Machine, maybe. Vocally, no, but you know. This is. You think about this? Mm. Yeah, super distorted kick drum. Yeah, this is Los Ages. Yeah, just like anyone who includes electronic slash industrial elements mm-hmm. in their popular music, I feel like yeah. we can tie back to Nine Inch Nails in and a way. There were things, we kind of talked about how things are just kind of in the zeitgeist and, and I've always loved garbage and I think a lot of it is because they pulled from so many different genres um, and they did a lot of sampling, like for example, um, Stupid Girl samples Train in Vain um, by The Clash, yeah. but I always thought they had kind of that industrially 
It's this kind of dirtiness to them that I always liked mm-hmm. a lot. Um, this is As Heaven Is Wide. This is from their first album. Uh, just really, little, really... Almost like a drum and bass type thing going on here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, ultra uh, fuzzy mm-hmm. bass And line. we know that, you know, obviously Vig was aware of Nine Inch Nails as yeah. he was... Uh, Worked with them. Worked with them. On the last remix, at least, <laughs> that, that didn't get used. Didn't get used. Just a little bit of it did. But even into version 2.0, they had kind of like these, like dark, very electronic-y, very plain yeah. with, but... And, I mean, God, there's zillions that I could talk about forever. But uh, last one is a group that I listened to a lot because an ex-boyfriend loved this band and they ended up being... He also loved Garbage. Um, So I listened to a lot of Garbage and this band when we were together. And this is Ladytron and they played, they toured with Uh, Nine Inch Nails. But there's a lot of like really sick grooves and stuff that they use. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just really think they're very like Nine Inch Nailsy, you know? I just... Something. Yeah, they gotta be influenced, surely. Yeah. This is from their album The Witching or from Witching Hour. This is International Dateline, which is one of my favorites of theirs. But Destroy Everything You Touch is also really good. This is Soft Power. And just listen to that. Yeah, that's that's a cool bass line. Bass synth. Resner would approve, I think. Mm-hmm. Glass is this is burning up. I always just really liked Lady Tron, and as I was kind of thinking about this question, I was like, hmm. Obvious connection there. Yeah. These are almost... I mean, even their earlier stuff... This is kind of disco-y, but... Yeah. <laughs> this is a band that's almost like expected men influence. It's Paco. Anyway. Um, definitely a lot there. And as far as bands that influenced Nine Inch Nails or artists, um, one I immediately thought of was a band called Brainiac. Mm-hmm. I don't know a lot about them. Um, I just I know that they that Reznor has said that one of their albums or EPs, I guess, influenced. He played it a lot while he was working on With Teeth. Um, let me pull that up real quick. I listened to this one a little bit, and I don't remember it sounding like with teeth. Um, he said he used it for like sound inspiration, I guess, not necessarily, okay. but he liked the way that it sounded, just kind of like a garage. <laughs> I'm trying to think of his exact words, but I mean, I'm not. I'm going to paraphrase him, but kind of like a early techno garagey band kind of thing. And this band was also kind of just all over the place as far yeah. as like their sounds anyway. I mean, a lot of bands like Mars Volta, you know, like they, they loved this band. Yeah, those guys were and, very into them. Yeah. And they kind of, um, well, they, they 
disbanded after the very sudden death of their lead singer. He died in a car wreck on his way home, I think, from band practice. Damn. So bands don't practice. Um, (laughs) But he was driving like an older Mercedes. They're not sure if there was some kind of mechanical failure, but he went off the road or, you know, if he fell asleep, whatever. But he went off the road and I guess his car caught on fire and he was trapped in it. Horrible. Sorry. Why'd you have to bring that up? All right. Anyway, so this is Brainiac. Um, This is the EP that Reznor was talking about. It's called Electroshock for President. So if you've never listened to it and you want to prepare for With Teeth era, here you go. This kind of helped inspire. We wouldn't have with teeth if it weren't for for this weird little EP. (laughs) This one I really liked a lot. It's called Fashion 500. You can hear where some, you know, the little little glitchy sounds. Honestly, I mean, it could be. Kind of one of those back and forth kind of things, right? Where they yeah. like Nine Inch Nails right. and then he, yeah. Or they just like this kind of glitchy, low, vibe, techno-y stuff. Honestly, I could go on. I think there's going to be a lot of pop artists and things like that that we don't even... We'll never know. We'll oh, never know. be a full extent of it. But I think we're going to get more of it because Zoomers are discovering the back catalog of the 90s. Oh, are they ever? Yeah. So. Yeah, it's like so many pop artists. It's like Maroon 5, who, like, they were apparently fans. uh, But it's not like you would expect that based on what you hear from them. But then they went and covered Closer, so. My least favorite cover of Closer, maybe. Anyway, Blake, you can take over. I also had... Well, I I don't have a presentation like you, because I I had trouble with this because like I've kept saying, just everyone who does rock and electronic stuff and combines it, it feels like it's influenced, and that's like everyone now. Yeah, I don't have anything as as any shocking new information like Michael Jackson loved TDS. That was pretty interesting to find out to me personally. Um, but I wrote down like St. Vincent and, and Phoebe Bridgers, I think was also a fan. She's a big fan. Mm-hmm. Okay. You don't, I don't think you really hear it in her music, but Mm-mm. apparently it's, it's there. Um, Travis Scott, we know he's a fan based on his t-shirts, based right? Based on his t-shirts. Um, Drake based on his t-shirt. Billie Eilish based on her t-shirts. And many people have drawn comparisons to production style. Between the those two artists, Billy and her brother, and uh, are kind of like the Zoomer, Trenton Atticus, you know. Um, I have one. I only have one other one. That's the. I think it's the ultimate unexpected influence. Okay. Or unexpectedly influenced by NIN. Imagine if you were a a fan of David Bowie growing up in the 60s and 70s, mm-hmm. would you ever in your life expect <laughs> one day this man would be influenced by Nine Inch Nails? No, of course you would never guess that because that band didn't exist then. But I think it is weird that, yes, of course Bowie influenced Trent in a big way as he was coming out, but then later Trent influenced Bowie. I mean, that happened with a lot of, of Reznor's. Sure. Uh, Gary Newman. 
Ah, definitely. Big, mm-hmm. yeah, Gary Newman influenced Trent in a huge way. And then Gary Newman's like, hmm, I think I could give my, uh, revitalize my whole thing a bit here. Uh, yeah. Be a little more nine inch nailsy with it. And he's still going today. So yeah, similar thing. Uh, but it's, it's, it's wild to see. And let's not forget our, our industrial Christian band skillet. <laughs> I actually, they crossed my mind when I was. I still want to do a fun bonus this. episode, and I want to get I want to get Terrence from okay. Billy's on. <laughs> you can. Didn't he see them live in concert? I don't know about that. I'm I gonna don't. find that episode and listen to it again, Go and then I'm gonna. Why don't you just email? Then I'm gonna slide into those DMs. Um. Yeah, because he mentioned it one time. <laughs> he said, "I do like me some nine inch nails." Clear as day, he said that. So I'm yeah, just gonna okay. assume that I know, he one is, time. One time he said that, and I'm going to assume that he's an Uber fan who collects every Halo and will come on our show. So, um, no one else knows what we're talking about. No, it's okay. Yeah, Skillet, and it was in that Daphne Carr PHM book. One of the Ohioans, one of the downtrodden, dusty ass, jobless, poor Ohio white boys that she spoke to, and she spoke to many. Was like, yeah, I was into I was into uh, Nine Inch Nails, and then I got into Christian music, and they had this. There was another Christian knockoff band of Nine Inch Nails uh, that he meant. I think they were called like Clank or something. Clank sounds familiar. Yeah, Skillet and Clank. Those are so great Christian. If you want Nine Inch band Nails, names. but Christian, we will cover them later. <laughs> but I'm not going to listen to them on. Um, Spotify because I don't want to mess up my algorithm. Sorry, you oh, have to go to really, YouTube. Yeah, you Yike! Okay, we have to move along. Uh huh. Spent two hours on Kai. Thank you, Kai, for that thought-provoking question that really sent Jessica on a quest here. I mean, obviously, those were very obvious influences, but mm. okay. From our good patron, longtime patron Jody. Jody said, hey, Blake and Jess, I just wanted to ask, what was your favorite episode to research, mm-hmm. record so far? Second question, would you ever willingly watch <laughs> Broken again? Um, do you have a favorite episode to do? I had fun recently on Closure. Uh, also, I had a lot of fun on Perfect Drug. Mm-hmm. We got to have Ixie on. I had a lot of fun having uh, Adam Conversation with Adam, on, yeah. On the podcast. Um okay. A lot of them were fun. Yeah. Um, my favorite one to research and record was Closer to the Video. Oh, that was, was a good a bonus. one. bonus, yeah. Yeah. Gotta that was be, very, very gotta fun. Gotta be a patron to hear that one. Yeah. Loved it. Um, loved researching it. I mean, it wasn't hard work at all. It was easy on her eyes, apparently. <laughs> she was getting horny. That's not true. That's not true. Uh, but that was fun. But yeah, definitely... Um, Perfect Drug with Ixie and our conversation with Adam Steiner. Those were very fun episodes and fun to prepare for. But if we're just talking just us on our own, for me, it was the closer music video so far. As for your second question, would I ever watch the broken movie willingly? Yeah, sure. (laughs) It's got some great fucking music. Why wouldn't I watch it again? Yeah, you can, you know, you can listen to the music without watching the video. Yeah, but sometimes I want that torture. I want that Bob Flanagan, you know, realness. I, well, after I watched it practically twice in a row for this podcast, Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm done for a while. I'm fatigued. I'd watch it again before I die. Sure. Sure. (laughs) But it's not pleasant for me. Is it willing or am I forcing you to watch it? It's 
Mm, you'd have to semi-force me, but I I don't get a whole lot of it. I got more enjoyment out of watching Closure, I'll tell you that much, because mm-hmm. it didn't have the gruesome, gruesome yeah. chainsaw murders and all that. Yeah. Oof, that is rough so to get So I could through. do without those parts. Yeah. Happiness and slavery is not as bad to me. Especially when you know it's just all bananas and Hershey syrup. Jesus. That's all those you guts know, are. Yeah. You know? That's 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 why good choice shooting black and white there, because no yeah, one yeah, can oh, tell yeah. what they're looking at. Love that black and white. Okay. Um, thank you for your question, thank Jody. You, Jody. From Laura. Laura said, Hi, Blake and Jessica. First, let me set the scene. I'm 19 years old. It's my second semester in my first year of university. It's January in Winnipeg. Damn. Which means it's probably as cold or colder than the surface of Mars. (laughs) I'm sitting under fluorescent lights in an uncomfortable desk in a small windowless classroom at 9 a.m. trying not to fall asleep while listening to the music history professor prattle on about white European male composers who are long dead. We're in the Baroque era, now focusing on English Baroque, specifically Henry Purcell. The professor plays an excerpt, and suddenly I am wide awake because I just heard the downward spiral theme. I'm practically shaking with excitement, internally screaming, oh my god, did anyone else hear Trent Reznor just now? They, in fact, did not, because I'm sure I was the only one there with a head like a whole tattoo. Oh, I want to know what the tattoo is. Um, Ergo, the only one with taste. (laughs) So what the hell am I talking about? The downward spiral theme follows what's called a descending tetrachord pattern. Oh, by the way, this is Laura may very well be our next ICSI coming down the pipe here because she is pointing out things here that I, I haven't heard ICSI talk about yet. So um, I have continually called ICSI the final word on Nine Inch Nails music theory, but I, that may not Look, be true anymore. We can have a bunch of voices. Right. That's what may, there, is, I'm just saying man. there's another voice coming into the conversation. Um, so the downward spiral theme follows what's called a descending tetrachord pattern, meaning it descends stepwise, spanning a fourth. It was common in Italian opera as an ostinato or repeated persistent bass pattern. Per the textbook, its falling contour and constant repetition are suited to a lament, conveying a sense of inescapable sorrow. Well, that sounds like TDS to me. (laughs) The excerpt I heard in class was, When I am laid in earth, from Purcell's Dido and Aeneas. I don't know how. I'm sorry, I don't speak Italian. The bass pattern is practically note for note identical to what we hear in Closer when the downward spiral theme is introduced. The phrase is in differently and Purcell has complete chromaticism in the descent. And then she even included a uh, couple bars of sheet music here for us, uh, comparing Purcell to Reznor. And yes, on the page, they are a very similar descending uh, pattern here. Uh, Not exact, but uh, very close. And then she included a recording of uh, Joyce DiDonato singing the Purcell piece. I'm going to open it. We're going to hear first a cello do it. And then I think the singer joins. Yeah, eerie, right? Right? Yes. Okay, so yeah, I definitely hear that. 
Oh, yeah, totally. She said the textbook said Purcell creates great tension. Tension? <laughs> by uh, tension, you say, by re rearticulating suspended notes on strong beats, intensifying the dissonance. Dissonance, you say? What? I love that he calls two different tours dissonance and tension. <laughs> two of his most commonly uh, used uh, uh, musical tropes. I would describe Reznor's use of it in the same way. And she said she's uh, sh shocked she hasn't heard any music nerds raving about this. Maybe we don't have enough music. Right. I haven't heard nerds. any, to her credit, I haven't heard anyone bring this up. Even Ixie, who seems to know it all. Um. Maybe it depends upon your area of expertise. So, oh, this is interesting. On the th there's a page for lament bass on Wikipedia, which I didn't know was a thing, but I'm I'm not a uh, a music theory nerd. She said you'll find the Purcell on the list of examples, along with Twenty Five or Six to Four by Chicago, <laughs> Brain Stew by Green Day, okay. which are the same progression, and Bye 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 by NSYNC. Now I'm trying to think of <laughs> dun 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 dun. dun, dun. Dun dun. Okay, yeah, it does. Bye bye bye. Does the same. The chord progression goes down in the same way that yes. brains do in twenty five or six to four. Uh, but there's no mention of nin. Uh, excuse wiki editors Wikipedia. And, and she also points out uh, the the lament based pattern is also in heresy, as we've talked a little bit about in the chorus of heresy. So, sorry for the long, nerdy email. I'm just as excited about this now as when I was 19, and I want other people to be excited, too. I also wonder whether Reznor made an intellectually conscious decision to write a descending tetrachord pattern because he knew the history, or if he intuitively felt that these notes in this order would come across as a lament. I tend to think it's more of the latter, but we know that he has classical training, mm -hmm. and so some of this he'd be aware of, sure. Um so it's not wildly shocking, or it wouldn't shock me to find that he, you know, he knew about this concept from you know whatever his schooling was. Uh, she says, thanks for reading this and for making the podcast. After the fragile episodes, you might get another email from me salivating over the harmonies. Ooh, I hope I do. Email us all the time. Let's talk about <laughs> harmony after the fragile. Fragile's got great stuff to dig into. So thank you, Laura, yeah. for really getting into it. Definitely thank you. We don't have that kind of classical training here at no. the old pod headquarters. I wish so. I was smart enough to know all the music theory stuff, but I don't. I just like to know about what kind of microphone he used. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just like, hey, where do I get those pants from the March of the Pigs video? <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're getting, we're getting there. You know, I thought we'd go under three hours, but now I don't know. One from Michael. Uh, he says several points. One odds and ends point about Big Man with a Gun, everyone's favorite song. <laughs> Something I've noticed about the song, I've never heard anyone else point out. The drums near the end of the song are totally intended to rep replicate automatic machine gun fire. At least that's my take on it. I agree. Um, toward the end, you hear the snare once, maybe more than once, go da 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah it's a rat-a-tat-tat -tat. uh it, it is machine gun like i agree totally michael goes on i was trying to listen to a different nin podcast a year or two ago won't name any names i know nailed is about to dive into the fragile era for many of us halo 14 is our favorite era i count myself among you 
Uh, the point where I had to stop listening to the other Nen podcast was when one of the hosts referred to the fragile as a very handsome man with a big piece of spinach stuck in their front teeth. Unforgivable. What? Nailed Pod hasn't even come close to saying anything half as egregious. Okay, I'll stop there for a second. Uh, I, I would not describe the fragile that way at all. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely not going to. I haven't heard this. I've I've listened to a few episodes of some of the other Nen podcasts. I don't know how far Jess has gone. Into. I don't listen to any of them because I don't want to rip them you off. You haven't heard anything? No. I've heard a little bit, a few episodes here and there, but but I wasn't when like they were, I even started listening. There's a podcast called Bandsplain, and when they got to the fragile, I stopped because I was like, I can't have this influence on me when I'm going into it. Okay. Yeah. Well, the fragile, a handsome man with a big piece of spinach stuck in their front teeth. I don't, I don't see that as uh, accurate for me because that implies that there's something glaringly wrong with it that almost ruins it. T to me, that's not the case with the fragile. So I'd have to disagree there. Uh, there may, there are some imperfections maybe, but I don't think they like ruin the aesthetic of an overall amazing work of art, you know? So no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't describe something in a way that's so glib unless I really truly hated it. <laughs> uh, I hope we don't say anything that pisses you off enough to, to quit us. I, I mean, I don't know if I, there are Maroon 5 fans, they might hate us, Yeah, but yeah. that's okay. You know, it's not a Maroon 5 podcast. That's true. We're not. Um, I'm always, yeah, I'm always afraid we're going to say something that's going to, and I'm sure we have said things that make people, bounce you know probably it happens but i really wish i don't know i wish we could please all the people all the time anyway he goes on i really enjoyed your recent episode about closure jessica you're reminiscing about repeatedly watching the vhs when you were a kid really hit me in the member berries i don't know what that is but that sounds painful I have similar memories of waiting for my parents to go to bed so I could binge closure <laughs> and steal their shitty Coors beers. Wow, this Whoa. sounds like Jessica. You were a badass. Yeah, Coors. My first time getting drunk was while watching closure when I was like 12 or 13. <laughs> Whoa. Jesus. I was 13 the first time I got drunk. I've told oh this my. story before. Have you? Yeah. It was, I told it on Are You There Pod. It was the, the cabinet gin. Oh my God. Do you remember I, whenever my sister had gone to a party and brought back booze i guess that she'd gotten somehow and hid it in a cabinet and i found it because i was always cleaning the kitchen and we never had booze in the house so i was like oh and mm -hmm. so i thought well maybe mom doesn't know about it maybe i can drink it whatever although probably my mom bought it for my sister let's face facts here uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> um and so my friend beth who i thought was like the coolest person in the world her first time staying the night with me was the the eve of the last day of school and my mom was letting us skip school the next day uh, because it's a half day anyway. So like we had cleaned out our lockers, everything. We were not going to go to school the next day. And I had that booze and I showed it to Beth and we snuck it into my room mm. and we're making screwdrivers with like Sunny Delight. With, oh my, not gross. really screwdrivers because it was Sunny Delight and gin. Nasty. And uh, blasting like garbage and rage and no doubt and just like bouncing around my room like dumb eighth grade girls would. And uh, at one point we ran out of orange juice and my mom was like, I'll take you guys to the grocery store and you can rent some movies too. So we rented powder. <laughs> this story is long <laughs> it is hold on you can trim it but what happened basically was 
whenever we came back, my mom was like, hey, I need to talk to you. And Beth went in my room and my mom was like, I can smell booze on your oh breath. Where did you God. get it? You smell like hell. Yeah. I had no, it never occurred to me like, oh, my wow. breath will smell like booze. Yeah. Anyway, I got grounded for like the first month of summer, but oh that my, God. my mom never stuck to that. Of and not. Uh, anyway, it was fun. No regrets. That seems still steal booze and drink you were it. 13, kids. 12. That's 13. so young. I didn't get drunk for real until I was a freaking adult. Like, but I know a lot of people start way younger, but I sure as hell didn't. Anyway. Who, who wrote this again? Sorry. Michael. Okay. Hell yeah, Michael. <laughs> uh, he says, many of us are super excited to see a Nin in the next few months. Yeah, we are. Mm -hmm. Really hoping you guys will drop an episode entirely about your Red, Rock ex Red Rocks experience. Yeah, I think we should do that. In fact, we may be on a concert review podcast to cover that, right? Mm -hmm. So look for that in the future. Um, actually, we should we just should we just shout them out? Sure. Smack Media. Go look up Smack Media. Follow them. That's a thing that should be happening in the future. Um, he says I'll be at the Raleigh show at the end of this month. That is so soon, and also I'm so jealous of the people who are seeing them so soon, and I'm so sad that we are not, and that we're having to wait until September. I wish we were going to all of them. Yeah, but. Just how it worked out. We can't afford. Also, all. I'm going to try to avoid uh, setless spoilers and things like that. Online, I, so. We're, we're going to see spoilers. We're not going to be able to help it. It's okay. It's okay. Um, in closing, I want to thank you guys for putting out some excellent content for us hardcore Nin fans. I love the pod and always get super excited when I see a new episode is dropped. Keep up the good work. Uh, thank you very much for that, Michael. One from someone named Jane Biscuit. Did I? Oh, uh, we got one from Jane. I think it's that Jane. Oh, Jane. Jane, Jane. So Jane sent, uh, the subject says, is Nine Inch Nails a rinsing machine or a filling machine? Just curious. Not really sure what that means. Mm. There is no, uh, that's the subject. There's no body mm -hmm. to the email. There are two attachments. A okay. meme that says the downward spiral, but actually good. And it's a picture of Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> And then a meme of. Hold on. <laughs> what? Blake is turning the computer to show me. It's Trent's face surrounded uh -huh. by flames and it says ejaculation. Yes. I'm assuming Jane made these memes. Yeah. It's beautiful. Thank I you, I think Jane. you should share that to the, the Instagram. Not sure what that was, but thank you. I replied and I said, Nine Inch Nails is a man milking machine. Oh, that's a good answer. Yeah. yeah. Uh... Jamie. Jamie the Bad Witch wrote us. Always good to hear from Jamie. Hey, Jamie. Um, oh, I believe her account is called Cold Black and Infinite now on mm -hmm. Instagram. It's a great account. Also, I think uh, Tumblr. Another, yes. Another Instagram Tumblr. Instagram and Tumblr. Mm -hmm. uh, very active uh, poster who keeps track of the, the whole community. Hi, Justin Blake, she said. Jamie here once again. As I've said on Instagram, I've been busy with work, so I've fallen behind on the podcast, but I do want to say I'm still enjoying it greatly. The bonus eps on Trent and Bowie were awesome. Oh, thank you. And I'm only a casual Bowie fan. And I can't wait to see you tackle the fragile. So I do have some questions for you. If you had the option to replace any of the many many mr self-destruct remixes off of further down the spiral what tds track that didn't get remixed would you like to see instead 
Um, well, we did on our further down episode, we did talk about uh, the TDS tracks that we wanted to hear remixed that got kind of skipped. If we could really quickly recap, um, we said like, you know, I do not want this or the becoming or, mm-hmm. or, or up there. I think the becoming was one yeah, of my big ones. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's that's in the top as far as ones that didn't get. But see that see the Halo 10 episode for more. Um, then she asked, I haven't gotten to the closure episode, but now that Simon Maxwell's concert video has resurfaced, mm-hmm. which do you prefer closure or the Maxwell footage? Um, okay. Assuming you folks have seen the tape by the time you record this episode, which if you haven't, oops. Um, okay. We still have to watch that. So I've only watched parts of it. Um, I watched the first I couple do tracks. Appreciate being able to actually see the fucking stage because of the way yeah. that better production value. Mm-hmm, I can actually see their sets. Like you couldn't really see them in closure that well. It was kind of too sound, dark. Sound or, is way better too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I can't emphasize enough that the sound is more professional on the Maxwell stuff um, than the closure, which is kind of like gonzo style. Which I can but, see why Reznor would have gone with yeah, that. Yeah, and it that has its place. And yeah, I, I definitely see why he went for it. I think it fits just kind of the downward spiral era very well. Just Okay. And thank you, Jamie. Uh, we love to see your stuff online. Keep it up. Um, let me send this. Can I send you this one from Adam? I Didn't I forward it to you? I don't know. Okay, forwarding you on from Adam. Adam, our friend Adam? Gothic Adam. Oh, okay. Ready? Yeah, I am. This is great. It's also got um, Adam's trademark emojis. Oh, yeah. Hi, Blake, and hey, Jess. So, been meaning to drop an email for Nailbag, but this week has been madness. So, let's just crack on and hope this gets to you both before you start recording. First things first, thank you both so much for what you have done for the Nine Inch Nails community online. If you only listen to podcasts, please don't be afraid of reaching out to these two wonderful people. They have been nothing short of wonderful to me and many others across the globe. And once you've done this, why not go and help them out on Patreon too? Okay, I didn't Ooh, thank you for the ad. (laughs) Thank you. Um, We appreciate it. The bonus episodes are excellent and the Discord server is a fun, safe place to hang out. It is a good hang. I'm glad you think so. We do have fun. Oh, and that's even before I mentioned the uber cool merch you get as well. Well, thank you. Hope, hope we have We're going to hire soon. Adam as our official... Uh... Ad copywriter. <laughs> it's right. Um, okay, some very quick questions for you both. Feel free to use some, none, or all as you see fit. Question one. What are your own favorite episodes of the podcast so far? Well, okay. we, we talked about that a little yeah. with the a previous one from Jody. Yeah. Another one I had fun recording, and one of my favorites was maybe the Purest Feeling episode. Yeah, which that was one of was our early ones. Stands exceptionally out. fun. Way a yeah. million years ago before we even dropped any episodes online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the closer video bonus episode. I did also love doing the Bowie episodes. Um, yeah. Broken was fun. Oh, Broken was fun. Super long, but fun. Mm hmm. Question two, what are your favorite Trent slash Nine Inch Nails lyrics? And if it's not too personal, why? This one's too hard. <laughs> um, for other people, for a lot of people, it's probably easy. I've never picked out like favorite lyrics from Trent, which I know is stupid because 
they're a big deal to so many people, but do you have any? Like, what would you tattoo on your body? If oh, you God. Could tattoo if any I was going to tattoo on something on my body? Yeah. A lyric? You know, just theoretically. I don't know. Just nothing can stop favorites? me now or something. Okay. I don't know. Um, just because that, you know, is used so often. Yeah. Um, but what's like best lyrics, even if it's not tattooed on you? So um, probably from I Do Not Want This, mm. uh, there's a lyric... Um, and it's, there's quite a bit in this song actually that I've always liked a lot and I'm drawn to, but one of them is, um, I stay inside my bed. I have lived so many lives all in my head Hmm. and don't tell me that you care. There really isn't anything now. Is there, um, I, when I was a, a teen listening to this, I really, connected with that lyric because I would same literally just lay in my bed and dream of being anyone other than myself. And sometimes same. I still do that as a grown ass adult. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. Um, but I would also, uh, because I was, I have a lot of anxiety issues. I still do. Um, I didn't have a lot of friends. And at the time I, I wasn't able to make any kind of romantic connections or have that kind of intimacy with people. Um, so a lot of it for me was laying in my bed and pretending or imagining that I had that um, and what uh, it would be like. I know that sounds really kind of pathetic and sad, uh, but I, I did, did that. Too. And then just kind of at the end when he, uh, the, I want to know everything. I want to be everywhere. I want to fuck everyone in the world. And I want to be, I want says. to do something that matters. I <laughs> All the time. I want to do or be something that matters. Um, yeah, just that kind of, I think about this all the time. Like if I were to just die suddenly, I mean, there's just so much I fear I'm missing out on. <laughs> we did something that matters. We made this podcast, <laughs> baby. I hope it matters a little bit. Um, but yeah, so I just kind of always wanted to connect, but couldn't connect. And I still struggle with my anxiety and depression issues, which kind of keep me from experiencing a lot of things and just that constant need I have to want to know and experience everything, but I'm kind of held back by my own um, issues. So uh, very relatable to me for that reason. Anything you can think of? Jesus. No, I have nothing that good. I, I'm terrible at this. I've, as I've talked about before, I'm not a lyric person. (laughs) God, I don't know. I, if I would have taken hours to prepare this, I could have, sifted through a bunch of lyrics and maybe pick something, but I don't know, something different every day. And I've always loved the lyrics to something I can never have. Um, Mm. I'm not going to go progress beyond the halos we've already covered. I like the fragile as a whole lyrically, but they have stuff before and after that, that I like too. Uh, I just, I take things holistically and not necessarily pull individual lines out and be like, this is my favorite. Yeah. I guess it's just one of those surprising things and you're like, Oh, other people do this and have felt this. Yeah. And cause sometimes you do feel like you're the only person who just kind of wastes around in bed, not wanting to get up and just living all those yeah. lives that you can't like have. The lyrics to hurt as well. I think I felt that way as a depressed teenager. Um, yeah. All the lyrics anyway, to that yeah. song. It's one of those, uh, get out of my head moments. Whenever I heard that lyric, so uh, and some of the just super duper angry, like broken stuff, like um, 
uh, gonna smash myself to pieces. I don't know what else to do. That's relatable, even even now, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, if you ever want to destroy yourself because you don't know what else to do, like that's just that's the real shit. But anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, uh, one more what are you most proud of in the podcast so far Ooh, I'm proud of the cool guests that we got to agree to talk to us Mm -hmm. I'm proud that I don't feel proud about a lot of things in life but I I like that we found an audience of people who are very nice to us and say nice things and seem to enjoy it I'm yeah I'm actually very proud of um just uh, connecting with people out there that I didn't, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I was just kind of unexpected at being, um, it was just unexpected to be kind of accepted as part of this community uh, and to um, be able to make friends. I think that's what I'm very proud of is I've actually made friends. Um, yes, as we, part we, of had, this. we do have real friends. Um, Including Adam. Right. Yeah. Adam's on that discord. Look, if you want to be our friend, get on that Discord. <laughs> I've met friends who aren't on the friends, Discord too. <laughs> real, real, real bros like Rooker. Real, uh, yeah. There's, there's all our Jacks. We got some Jacks in there that are of, cool. A lot of folks named Jack. Mm-hmm. We got Hey Hey. Shout out to Hey Hey, a, mm-hmm. a true, an actual friend, not Joey. Just a, yeah, we love you, Joey. Joey's, a, Joey's another true friend. Jody, we love you, Jody. Holly. Liz, there's two. I'm just there, shouting there's so out many. Everyone. I mean, yeah, Jimmy. we could be here all night because there are. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm afraid I'm leaving people out. I'm no, like, no, I know. We don't want to do that. We can't do this. We can't do this. But they're all. You're all good. I swear, you're all good. Yes. Um, okay. I just want to say thanks again on a personal level for not only producing a hugely entertaining, informative, enjoyable podcast, but for being two of the coolest Whoa. human beings on the planet. Whoa, Whoa. we are not. Whoa. Come on now. That's very nice of you, but I don't think we are. <laughs> Thank you both for everything that you do. Take care and stay safe during these difficult times and speak to you both soon. Adam, a.k.a. Adam Goth, a.k.a. Gothic Adam. Smiley face. Thank you, Gothic Adam. Thank you so much, Adam. Uh, God, we're almost done. We got one from Matthew. Very important fan, Matthew. Matthew Ilmort. How do you say this name? Matthewla? Well, okay. But yeah, but the... The email name just says... Anyway, this is the Creepy Crawly Co. We could also say that. Okay. Um, and he, his email format is kind of strange. It's, did I, oh, I didn't send this to you, did Mm-mm. I? Oh, he called it nail mail. I like that. Oh, I like that too. Matthewla said, howdy folks, you're not going to believe it. Another industrial accent. Damn it. Oops. Uh, industrial accident. <laughs> didn't he say he cut one off of broken last time? Yeah, but it couldn't, it couldn't be an instrumental Oh, and right. it couldn't be the, very hard. the bonus track. Very, very hard. Anyway, the accident. Some jag off at the, I think he meant to say the vinyl factory or something, maybe. Some jag off slapped aside off of your vinyl copy of the Downward Spiral. Then in parentheses, very Scott Pilgrim. How is that very Scott Pilgrim? Matthew, I need more context like a the, villain, like I a love very your villainous emails. thing to do. I need, yeah, maybe I need some details on this. I I read those and I saw that movie, but it's been a long time. Anyway, 
The thing is, you won't be able to access that entire side for another 10 years. Hey, at at least it's not permanent. That's true. 10 years is nothing. Dude, I can do that easy. Which side of the downward spiral could you live without for 10 years? Let's pretend live recordings and singles don't exist. Very serious. Choose wisely. Mm. P.S. You guys are doing great work. Thank you for the exquisite content. Mm. From the piggies of the creepy crawly company. Go buy their stuff, folks. He even made it cool. Uh, nailed related pins based on something I just kind of set off the cuff. Um, but check them out. Very cool. Um, but make sure you don't check them out on the week when they're boycotting um, Etsy. Why is that a thing? Yeah, because Etsy had record profits last year, but then raised the percentage of money that they're taking from their sellers. Oh my God. So everyone is fucking internet to, sellers right to, now. Yeah, t- totally. eBay, PayPal, fuck you. Anyway, so yeah, uh, even though they had all these record profits, still raising fees, et cetera, for sellers on Etsy. Um, so I can't remember the exact dates, but don't buy anything from Etsy up. then. Support the strike. All right, we got to decide one. I'm guessing out of the four sides from like the definitive edition that we did. Mm-hmm. I need to look up the yeah, sides. Can yeah. you give me a second? Just let me pull it up. So, side A, Blake, mm-hmm. Mr. Self-Destruct, Piggy, Heresy, March of the Pigs. I can't get rid of that. Can't get rid of it. Has Piggy and March of the Pigs. Side B, Closer, Ruiner, or The Becoming. Mm, no, I can't get rid can't of any get rid of, of these. That. Guys, I can't get rid of any of these. I, you have to shoot me in the head. Side C, I do not want this. Big Man with a Gun, A Warm Place, and Eraser. Ooh. Side D, Reptile, Downward Spiral, and Hurt. No. You can't get rid of, they're all, of them. They're all loaded with things that, like, if you were to say, take away, I do not want this, and Big Man with a Gun, I could live with that for 10 years. If he, he was like, pick two songs, I could be like, okay, Big Man with a Gun, yeah. gone. But- it includes um, a warm place and eraser, two of the best songs on I there. might get rid of Heresy too. Get rid of it. Even though it's great. Jesus. This is this The only is, way to answer no this answer. is to re uh resequence the album and put the songs we don't like. Yeah, but you can't <laughs> do that. That's for. cheating. That's not part of it. I know, I know. Shit. Ha- you and know we have to pretend that the singles don't exist either. So you can't listen to Closer. You can't cheat and listen to Closer to God or something. Matthew, you, can't you answer this. You <laughs> hit us up and you tell us your fucking answer to this torture mm. shit. You tell us what you would do. If we're going to have to be tortured by this, so are you. So God, if I had to pick one, though, honestly, shit. I love I Do Not Want This and I love A Warm Place and I love Eraser. Those have to stay. I can't get rid of a warm place and eraser because they're central to the entire theme. Mm-hmm. I love reptile, and of Ugh. course you gotta have TDS, and you gotta have hurt. I know. Like, if if a gun was to my head, if a big man with a gun was pointing it at my head, I could maybe temporarily remove reptile and even the downward spiral title track, but hurt. I don't know. But I mean, TDS title track is. Very central to the theme, obviously. I don't... This is heinous. Okay, I think... I don't know, maybe B? Has Closer, Ruiner, and The Becoming. Oh my god. (laughs) No matter what you choose... You're fucked. Amazing songs are going away. Mm -hmm. But like... 
Could I still hear closer if it was played on the radio? But see, I love the becoming. He says you have to pretend singles don't exist. So I don't know if that that maybe means that you can't listen to the single. I'm not sure. I yeah, I think that's what he's trying to say. That's fucked up. Okay, here's what I would do. I would move March of the Pigs onto side B and then get rid of side A. No, I love Piggy. See, this is too hard. Piggy's too good. Uh, That's that's how you know a great album. You can't do away with any part of it. Okay, I'm just, if I have to pick one, if someone is here and they're going to shoot me. Oh, God. Was that the threat? Was someone going to kill me? (laughs) No, there's no threat. Oh, okay. Um, I think I might know what I would do, but what were you going to say? Yeah, I think I know what I would do. You go first. I think I would get rid of the final side out of four, which is Reptile, Downward Spiral, and Hurt. Meaning the album would end on Eraser. The cliffhanger of the age, like an amazing heart-wrenching cliffhanger. The pit of hell, as I've called it. And then you're just left hanging on that. A great, great track. Then 10 years later, you when that side comes back, you can hear the conclusion. Okay. I'm okay with that. Okay. It, I'm not happy about it, but I would do it. Either that or you could just start it closer. and then. But then you wouldn't have March of the Pigs or Piggy. You, I'm not getting rid of side one. Forget that. As much as I love Reptile and her, I probably would agree with you actually on that okay. one. Okay. I think that's the right answer. Mm-hmm. You need the ending, but... Also, I can still listen to Johnny Cash's Hurt. So, I mean, (laughs) I was never told that I couldn't listen to covers. And I could also listen to Ixie's interpretations. Mm. Mm -hmm. So I Yeah, is that a loophole? Are we allowed to listen to piano covers? Yeah. Listen to the Ixie piano cover album. Yeah. Yeah, I'm loopholing this. So, okay, I'll do side D, too. We beat you. Okay. That's the answer. Side D. D for downward. Okay, I'm tired. How about you? Did you have any quickie ones from Instagram to go through before? Oh, fuck me running. We really should have done two episodes, shouldn't we? You can cut this in half. Oh, my God. What should we do? Because this has gone on for three hours now. (laughs) And we have uh, people who asked us stuff on Instagram. Okay. How about we do a mini up on that? Okay. And we wrap this up now. Okay. And uh, we start prepping for the fragile era. Um, so I just want to say thank you to everyone who um, sent us your questions and your comments and your thoughts and shared your knowledge with us. Thank you so much for that. Um, yes, thank you everyone for everything. Um, thank you for your support. Thank you for your support on Patreon. Thank you for your support online if you want to support us but you you're not able to contribute to our um patreon right now you know what just write a review uh subscribe rate our podcast where you can um tell tell your friends share content we love it um and continue to send us your thoughts and comments and any knowledge that you want to pass on there's we don't know everything so we enjoy hearing that Check out um, the show notes. All our links are in there. So we'll be back with the, a short episode about the rest of the questions. That'll be in the main feed, right? Sure. 
Yeah, definitely. And um, after that, we're taking a break. We're going to take May off. We're going to prepare for um, the fragile. But um, in the meantime, we will still be putting out bonus content for our patrons every yeah. two weeks. So um, I do want to apologize. Our fashion bonus, where we're going to talk about uh, broken and TDS and perfect drug era looks because they are all very different as you know mm-hmm. um it might be delayed a little bit my co-host katie has a job where she had to travel internationally due to current world events and um so that, that might just be a little bit delayed but we'll get to it i promise um yeah so just to bummer. let everyone know yeah but uh okay yeah all right we'll see you next time for the conclusion of the nail bag the nail mail the nail box (laughs) that's right that's Oscar saying bye bye